This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over West Side, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for West Side niggas, nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match, big crocodiles with Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on the. Yo, what up, though? It's your man Jay Johnson, aka the Tim Foyle Hat Titan, aka the Conspiracy Realist, aka the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text me with your green bubbles. AKA, I only debate my equals. Everybody else I teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. AKA, the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man, Dame, three underscores, three, one, three, the West Side Landlord, the pride of PA, high chief Dame, don't fuck around, the liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame, and the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. If you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. Let's go. Yo, welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast, episode 291. On you hoes. Damn. Uh, big numbers in the building. Big, big fucking numbers. Big fucking numbers. We're getting to the 90s. You feel me? I think the 90s was the greatest time in my life. Because we grew up in the 90s. We was born in the 80s, but we grew up in the 90s. I think the 90s was the best time. So from 1990... Through 1999, that 10-year period, the best time in music, sports, movies, any literary, anything. Fashion, shoes. The best. It just is. Anybody look, look who at you, the, Look at Nike's run from 95 to 99. Look at all the greatest fighters. All the, look at all the greatest rap. Like, whatever era of rap you love, nigga, from 1990 to 1999, it's in there. Whether you want to go Pac, Big, Rakim, whoever. Everybody's in that motherfucker, dog. You're right. From fucking classic movies to whatever it is, dog. It's the nineties, my nigga. The inter- <laughs> the internet. The internet too, shit. Yeah. But the internet was the 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 the, the, the dot com boom. It, it ended with the dot com, like not the boom, but like the, the expansion of it. Like it was just the nineties like, is the nineties is the shit, dog. Yeah. It's the best time ever. Anywho, uh how was your week, my brother? Uh, week was good. I, I was telling the people on, on the Twitter machine that I got a story time with Dame. I had a little encounter last night and my dog saved my life because my antenna. That's not a DJ saved my life. My antennas was not up. <laughs> they, they was, they was down. They was lacking. I walked into some shit and the dog, if that nigga was not there, I would be in the hospital today. Explain what's going on. So, you know, I, I, you're a dog owner like I am. I got a pit bull. My baby's name is Logan. Yeah. I believe in giving dogs just regular fucking names because it throws people off. Umar. Yeah. Logan. So, you know, we out we out doing our normal nightly walk, which is about 10, 1030. You know, I let him get his last, you know, get his last whatever off. Take yeah. It, you know, because I don't 
no accidents. We just want to, you know, keep it clean. So we out on our nightly walk. And normally, you know, I typically don't walk with a leash because nobody's out normally that late at night when I'm when I'm taking them for a walk. That's most a of my idea. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Most of, but most of my neighbors are in the house. So me and Lo get back to the house. I let him go into the backyard, you know, sniff around, get his last little pee on. And then I'm going to go move my truck to the back, you know, settle, settle down for the evening. I'm walking up the driveway to move my truck and I drop my phone or something. So I'm not like, you know, in a rush to get it. I'm not really like paying attention. Oh, so, I mean, okay. I pick up my phone and I look up and I'm eye to eye with a dog, mm. not my dog, mm. <laughs> <laughs> with some with some strange random dog. You know what's so interesting is when I was like, not a good <laughs> idea, because it's not just people like your dog can get distracted by another dog and take the fuck off. And then you got a random dog. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm eye to eye with another dog. So I'm I'm getting up slow because this motherfucker's starting to get, yeah. uh, you know, he getting his growl on. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Like, okay. Okay. yeah, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you don't want to whistle. You, you, you can come out anytime you're ready now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting up slow because I don't, I don't know this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's my neighbor's dog, but like, I don't know them niggas. No. I don't. I don't know that fucking dog. And that nigga is like showing signs, like he's showing teeth. And like literally, like when you eye level with a dog, you in a dangerous spot because you in you in they space. Yeah. So I'm getting I'm standing up slow, but this motherfucker's like starting to come forward and we not that far apart. Yeah. We might be we might be five feet, maybe. Which is two steps on four legs. Not even. Yeah. And, and that nigga going to be on my ass. Fast twitch muscle in this. Yeah. So I'm getting up slow and I'm just like, yo, normally when Logan is finished, he come to the front. Like that's just his routine. He going to come to the front. And I'm like, it's taking this nigga forever to come to the front. Please, Logan. Please. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking it's taking forever for this nigga to come to the front. But then I hear that nigga chain like doing his thing. So I know he walking up. My nigga Low saw me jump right between me and the dog. He, and like let me be able to get away. And that nigga chased him the fuck down. Backed him the fuck down. That's just like I about. just like he the fuck supposed to do. Hell yeah. Back that, that nigga that. the fuck down and ran that nigga up the block. In real life, the dog is just supposed to take protect you. Yeah. He's supposed to be a deterrent from thieves and shit like that. Cause like guard dogs, that's not really a thing. Well, you don't really want that. Yeah. Uh, cause you, it's a lot of shit can go wrong in that, but the dog is supposed to be a deterrent and like supposed to give his life for you. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That so, nigga did what he was supposed to do in the, in yeah. the line of duty. Hell yeah. My nigga stepped the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, ain't, yeah. Ain't let that dog fuck a with pit, uh, a German shepherd, um, a cane, caney Corso, Rottweiler. They all get their life for your, for their owner. Like easy. Not a husky. The motherfuckers be like, hey, you on your own? Yeah, no, huskies is kind of lazy. <laughs> they kind of lazy ass dogs. Yeah, yeah isn't it? And I and I didn't I didn't like until until your dog is in like a situation, you don't know what the fuck he gonna do. Like my pit bull for the most part, nigga, house dog. Mm-hmm. He don't spend no time outside. Pit bull's real good with children too. Yeah, man. they he good with the kids, but literally that nigga sleep like 14 hours a day. Like when I'm at work, he he typically in the same room as me or in the hallway. So like if the kids at the house, like he the buffer between me at work 
the in, in my office space. So he gonna stop the kids. Oh, you leave know, him alone. Yeah, he he gonna he gonna play with them or something to give me like a little space. To be like, hey, I'm still working. Yeah, or like come back for some shit. So the niggas sleep most of the day. So I wasn't sure like in the event of some shit going down. What the fuck he gonna do? Cause like the nigga just man, you know, he a house dog. Man, it's so interesting, dog. Like the uh like Umar, he don't like bark a lot. Umar. Uh like so in the low crib. Don't, low don't bark neither. Put him in his crib, I mean his cage, like he he just don't bark. You know what I'm saying? Um now he'll bark when it's time to come out, or I I'm not going to the he not he needs to go to the bathroom. He's and he if I won't go to the back door, scratching at the door, then he'll bark, whatever. But like the first time I heard him give the the stranger bark. It's a different vocal tone that they go like, and it's gotta, so quick. They gotta let somebody know that like I'm here, yo. Because like you be in the crib and like a Amazon man or somebody come to the door, like everything be cool. We just chilling and shit. Then he just jumps up immediately with this. I'm like, yo, where this nigga get this? Like, he going through puberty. <laughs> you're like, yo, that's not the bark he used normally. But like, all right, you got it in there. That's to let the Amazon out. nigga know. What's today? Stay outside. Uh, I think he eight months today. Today, no, tomorrow, tomorrow the fourth. It'll be eight months tomorrow. Yeah, Lo- Logan, a little bit over two years. Uh, you know, I, shout out to I, I give her a shout out. Shout out to Big Lamb because like she was my connect in order to get low. Like one of her, you want another one. <sighs> they probably don't need another one. Though. Not not in my house currently. Like once I move, I need more space. I don't have enough space for like two pit bulls. Yeah, my brother got something coming, but I don't. I don't know. I I don't want two dogs right now. Yeah, I need I need a bigger house because them niggas are run me. They it's it's they a lot. Like they they real active it's dogs. Ir- it's irritating having to go walk Umar in the in the cold and all this. I'm not trying to walk two dogs right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nah, maybe when he get a year old, two years or something. I don't know. Not right now. Twenty seven months. Yeah, like at one point, do you stop counting months? You know what I'm saying? It's like with kids. Thirty three months. At twelve, this is a year. Yeah, at kids, I stop counting. Like after after twelve months, they're a year old. He's 144 months. That's that. You, you got going, kids? He's going G? To seventh grade. Yeah. I want to. Well, we might as well introduce introduce our guests in the building this afternoon. We'll let our guest introduce himself. Actually. Yeah, because he's familiar to the podcast space. Um, I didn't have any um. Fancy extra names to give y'all, so you can. So you didn't come prepared. Is what I, did, I didn't come prepared, you know. And I, I sat here while y'all was doing y'all thing, and I started to try to jot some shit down so I could be cool too. But I was like, I, I don't think I can come up with that many in, in that amount of time. But um, I'm Illuminati G. Um, one four for the cloud catchers. Yeah, yeah. So man, yo, one of the homies, uh, Lou, he he posted some shit on the, on Facebook the other day. I'm like, yo, this sounds like a, a a shop talk intro, dog. I gotta see if I can find it. I said I'm gonna fuck around and throw that bitch in the intro today, but uh, I forgot to do it. Uh, I wanted to throw something in the intro about our Spotify numbers. Man, we out here though. <laughs> <laughs> Big numbers. Uh, he said, AKA <laughs> she called me Pico. Because I'm the guy, yo. <laughs> wow. I like that one. I wow. like that. Pico the guy, yo. Because wow. I'm the guy, yo. Uh, that's funny. It's a bar right there. What in the fabulous is going on? What in the fabulous? So look, man. Uh, in the last year, we gave niggas uh, 45 episodes. You know, well, in the last January to November, because that's when I do this shit. 4,992 minutes. A content, uh, 41% of our people listen to us between 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. 
So we get half you niggas through your work day. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like growth, you know what I'm saying? Followers jumped up 146%. Uh, Boom. Streams went up 97%. Boom. Uh, 84% hours listened to went up 84%. Bing bong. And then new listeners went up 27%. Or our listeners in general went up 27%. Um, I mean, it's so interesting that we've been doing this shit since 2016. And like every year we get on here and say, yo, we get better than last year. We get better than the year before. We but the numbers than- prove it. The yeah. numbers fucking prove it. Yeah, man. So shout out to y'all, man. Like I put on Twitter, like my nigga Jay had the land. We did the construction together and we built something out of fucking nothing. There was nothing when we got there. Man. We discovered America. I mean, on some pilgrimage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't know what was going to happen, yeah. but we started building and they came. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so shout out to y'all, man, because like in real life, y'all been tuning in and tapping in with us for years and um, giving us a part of your Saturday morning or whatever day of the week that y'all listen to. And man, shit just mean a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People don't. All of our listeners aren't from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? So all over the world, all over the country, folks, folks be tapping in uh, just to hear us talk a little bit of shit. It's a big deal to me. It's a big. When I saw you post them, when I saw Ant post the numbers first, and shout out to y'all at uh, This Week in Culture. Phenomenal growth over there. That shit crazy. For my guys at This Week in Culture. What you and Ant are doing is crazy. That shit crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy because, you know what I'm saying, we kind of caught Genie, uh, a genie in a bottle with Shop Talk and like to do it another another time with This Week in Culture. Like, come on, man. The flagship shows at Shop Talk Podcast Studios stand strong. You put our numbers up against anybody. In the industry. Anybody. I seen y'all streaming numbers that y'all, the rappers been posting. More people listen to my podcast than listen to your rap music. <laughs> Say it again. And I drop a two-hour episode and shit. I drop three-hour episodes of uh, This Week in Culture. So we drop it every week. And your song only four minutes. <laughs> I, I think they said uh, that, that was the rapper's new competition, the podcast. In real life. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't get a chance to listen to as much music because my free time is going to a podcast. I'm infiltrating the I'm Or YouTube. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we platinum in the streets. Just like... We platinum in the streets. Just like for television shows and NBC, ABC and everything like that. Other networks ain't your, your competition. Your competition is eyeballs. Can I get more people to watch this? If YouTube is getting the eyeballs, fam, you 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 competing with Joe Blow down the street. Mm-hmm. Y'all know who um, Mr. Beast is? No, I'm not hip. You familiar with Mr. Beast? The dude that do the Beast Burgers? No, he a YouTuber. He's the most famous YouTuber. Yeah, he, I think he do Beast Burgers. Like he, he do the little Ghost Kitchen franchise thing. He do all type of random. He just did it. He just put on Squid Games. Uh, He paid $3.4 million, put on some Squid Games, and uh, real live Squid Games. Um. The winner won like four hundred and some thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like he do, he's the biggest YouTuber ever. Like his vid, his views normally get like fifty million views a ever. I mean, uh, uh like no, not Mr. Beast Burger, just Mr. Beast on YouTube. Um, like he's gigantic, right? Pause, fam. You most people don't know if you if you're not in YouTube, you you have no idea who he is. And nigga, I'm I'm sitting here dumbfounded, but. With every 
video I upload to YouTube getting 20 to 50 million streams or views, fam, your late night TV talk show throughout the whole week ain't had 50 million listeners. Add up every day, you ain't you ain't at 50 million. You know what I'm saying? Like there's news outlets that I follow on YouTube who got better ratings than CNN. Like, you know how many people watch CNN nightly news every night? Fam, you don't get as much as insert the YouTube. Hey, uh, I think we on network. I love we on. They like from in, based in India. Like, look, man, your competition is everybody right now. And I just putting up more streaming numbers than your uh, rappers. Uh, and not like uh, that's not like local rappers. I'm talking about like some of your <laughs> <laughs> some of the niggas some in your industry, in your, yeah. your top five in your Spotify. Now maybe not top five in your Spotify, but uh, doing numbers like that, I need yeah, to borrow twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I need to borrow twenty for one of y'all niggas. We're not hitting Drake numbers, but some of you C uh, list rappers. C list. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of C niggas out here. C list. And, and that's not even a bad thing, cause like they they still professional rappers. If Drake is a, any obviously list, any list rapper is okay as long as you make your money. Yeah, that's a fact. Or or as long as you you are um, don't be a free completing list. the goal that you set out. Don't be a free list rapper. <laughs> what if you just want to change the world? You need to go in the corner and rap to the people in your neighborhood, cause that's oh. where it's gonna start first. If you rap oh, it to the it. world and you really want to get that shit off without having to play with the money and the politics and the the all the other shit, you really just want to change the world, go to your corner and rap to everybody that's walking by that you see on a daily basis. Because no, they're going to be the people that you change first, like literally like. Well, you can, not in the there age might of be the, the internet. people that you touch first because they just. Listen here, young blood. Let me tell you a rap right quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You spit your rap. <laughs> Listen, listen. I don't think that's how it works. Listen here, young blood. Let me tell you this thing. Let me tell you about a time when I what dog time. Because if you try to rap, you try to rap and spread a message, and you're not putting no real money behind. It. It's gonna fall. Nigga just lost me in death. three words. Listen here, young blood. <laughs> Nigga lost custo right there. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. You lost a potential all heard, list. All I heard was that common song in the background. What's that shit called? The corner or some shit like that. <laughs> I wish I can give you this feeling. I wish I can give you this feeling. <laughs> oh man, come here, young blood. <laughs> like my daughter say, can you turn that old that old rap that off? Oh shit, off. And what make what make people think uh, newer mean better? <clears throat> because it's more updated and current. It's almost like having a current uh, to who though. Well, it's like having like a Windows ninety eight computer that you still use and it works well for you. But we've all got like Macs with like you know gigant gigantuan processors and all this shit. And it's like, yeah. what makes you think that your email is better than mine? I, like, I, I, can, a, I can still do this and that. This is this is the greatest. This is the foundation right here. Because it's, I think what people look at was better being current because that that's like yo shit. She think her music is better because it's her music. It's what she's growing up with. With me, like Biggie was new at one point, and I thought it was better because that was my music, and that's what I was. You growing definitely up wasn't with. listening to Curtis Blow. You was listening to Biggie. Yeah, and your pops like, what is this shit, man? I remember back in my day, Grandmaster Flash. It's like, uh, no, them niggas kind of corny, bro. But yeah. what what I'm saying is, like, people who listen to music, and we've been we've been in this shit for a minute. Like, objectively, know what sounds good and what don't sound. I'm gonna good. tell you why. To be honest, I think it's because rap. Or hip hop as a, a a genre itself is still growing. Like we haven't seen the peak of hip hop yet. 
Like we've seen like jazz, it came from classical music. It's been around for almost a century, if not more. Like all the other forms of music been around long enough for them to evolve and be what they are today. But hip hop just started, you know, really in like the late seventies. So we like we like three decades in, four decades in. Like we haven't even That's a long time, dog. It's a long time, but in terms of music, like you got all these other stuff. Like classical music goes back to the Mozart days. You know, like how long it's had to like develop. I don't don't know that we any other I've never heard, but I'm also not in these circles and shit either. Like Yo, this I want to listen to some 1990s classical because this 2020 cla- or I'm not listening to Mozart because the 2020 well, classical music I, I is way better. Say, I think they 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 go by uh by uh, composers, so maybe Mozart was the guy from 19 you know 20 to, to 38, and then uh, Tartavsky was the dude from 1940. It just be interesting, like uh, <laughs> whatever is newer or or younger. It's just assumed to be better, right? Because and, when you when you listen to the old the old stuff, it just it just don't have the same bop as the new stuff. Like you know what I'm saying? Like some of that shit just sound fucking old. Some of yeah, some outdated. of the rap music that we love just did not age well. Yeah. Most of it was East Coast rap music. Basically. A lot of that West Coast shit like still sound like I, and good. I, I think it's because of the accent of New York rappers. I think yeah, this it was it's 1990, so, between 1995 and 1996. The music industry equipment everything changed yeah this Bef- after all. 1995 none of this shit sound tinny or like oh but like prior to there, i mean there was a nice gap between like 90 98 and maybe 2007 where that shit just kind of sounded cheesy as fuck well i guess what i'm getting to is this part right so um people who make music when newer people enter the market um, the whole idea is like you better change your sound and sound like the newer people as if everybody else has left the market like your fans are still alive. Right. They didn't leave the market. Like, so I don't understand why everybody is trying to get the brand new fan and you have a whole like oh. I didn't die. Well, you know I what mean, I'm saying? Like, I mean, you, you would much rather tap into, you know, five million new young fans than, you know. Keep hollering at your thirty thousand old fans that's gonna die hard support you. Even though thirty thousand people spending twenty dollars with you is enough to get you by for the year. You know what I'm saying? I don't get it because like, but I think it's just like hip hop is really just a young man's game. Like it's it's like basketball. Like is it if, though really? If, if Kareem was out there shooting sky hooks and and scoring thirty points a game, he still wouldn't get the recognition that Steph would get from shooting threes from the logo. And we would be like, Steph is a better player because he does this and he does but that. See, music is a game that you play with your mind. So I don't got to be physical like basketball. I mean, basketball, you, I could you be, can be kind of like weak on the physical side. If you, like Luca, for example, or Boris Diaw, like it's kind of like if you know what you're doing and you got the fundamentals down right, you can survive through any. You know what I'm saying? Any uh, situation. But, it's different with music, but, you, but you look at a nigga like Jay Z who is now in his fifties. He's still making competent rap music. He, don't yeah. even, we ain't even gotta go Jay Z route because he a goat, right? But I'm gonna but say he we'll kinda, go, he, we'll go to Jim Jones route. We'll go a fucking uh, a Jim, uh, a Rick Ross route. Well, I mean, all these fucking rappers is above forty and shit. Right, but if you listen to the music they make, it doesn't sound like the music they made number one when they first came out, and then at number two, it is is up to date. Like when I say up to date, I mean like if everybody's doing eight oh eights and trap drums and shit, like. He's got it away some trap jumps. Like he's not going back and doing the boom bap just to be like, yo, this is where I started from. This is where I'm staying. Like he's gonna feel like that's dated and it's not gonna go as far as he wants to. When I hear Rick Ross music, 
I don't hear Rowdy Rich music. Not saying either one of them is better or worse. You don't hear Port of Miami when you hear Rick, Mar- Rick Ross music. You hear really post Teflon Down anytime you hear Rick Ross. Not like I didn't even like Rick Ross mu- mu- music into Mafia music. Yeah, it took him like, a couple That was the album that I, I started fucking with him. Uh, I don't like any of that shit before. Other than the. the he has some songs, but yeah. as, as an artist, you really, yeah, I was the same way. I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm really. But what I'm it. saying, like, we, you don't got, like, I don't, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a consumer, right? Uh, just because somebody new enters the market, I don't lead the market. Like, right. don't stop making music for me. You know what I'm saying? I get it. If the kid's gonna rap about killing themselves, because that's. The but play. on another on another note, though, when it comes to creating music, sometimes the new music is more fun to create than the old music. And I I'll say that from 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 uh, actual you know what I'm saying experience. Like when I was first started rapping, like. Um, I was rapping with my uncle, and he was like a golden era, like super hip hop head. Like oh, I'll never do none of the new shit. We only got to do it like this. And I was down with that shit for a minute. But the more I started kind of think using my own brain and philosophies and ideologies and shit, and the more I kind of realized, like I don't, I don't really hate the new shit, and I still got a love for the old shit. But when I make music, I want to make it sound like something that. Not only the homies are ride too, but I feel proud of too. But not just to say that I did it, just for you know what I'm saying. To to oh, I did boom bap because I'm staying true to the fact. Like no, like I wanted to make some shit that sounded new. It I mean sounded, the boom bap that's just thirty fucking years ago. So when we say like shit, I mean that's what niggas be trying to stick to when they when it. I'm to, so let's say we take the locks. Them niggas is not from the boom bap era, right? No, but the music they make now is more up to date. They just still do lyrics, you know what I'm saying? Like they still But they don't sound like 16-year-olds when they rap. That's what I'm saying. Like no, we no. act like when the young kids come in, if this music ain't this, that shit that we can't No, we got to appeal to the 17-year-olds. Like nigga, I'm 40. Well, I, that that might be pressure from uh that might be pressure from labels if they still got label deals. Um, that might be one thing. Like when you still moving with a with a machine behind you, you kind of got to do what they tell you to do. But when you you moving and shooting off the hip on your own, it might be easier for you to just make music how you want to. But I think that might be uh, more pressure from the label than it is actual people wanting to make music that don't sound like what the fuck they've been doing. What the fuck does the label know? Numbers <laughs> and data, and it's funny because that's. That's what the fuck we said. What the fuck do labels know? And they was like, all right, well, if you think you know everything, y'all can put your own shit out. See how well y'all do without us. And like a million people release music literally every day. And out of a million people, maybe a thousand, which are signed to major labels, are the ones that's making all the money. So it's still like a kind of like an elite thing. Like, with, you know how like the money, the money is in the world? Like it's like a million people in the world out of seven billion that's got all the money. Uh, I mean, but all the... Um, a lot of the music sound the same. It does. Uh, I just think that's just that's just the overflow of access. You know what I'm saying? Before the internet, you couldn't listen to an album 24 hours a day unless you went to the store and bought it. But now you have access to everything. Sure. Every major label artist, every independent artist, every bedroom artist. You can go on iTunes right now and find a song that sounds like shit that you can't even turn up past 20 on your on your car, but it's on there. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's just easy access. The internet made everything. Easy. That's why the 90s is, I really think the internet defined everything for the 90s because it really brought forth everything that we enjoy now and everything that we hate as well. The reason I uh, 
I brought that up. I watched the verses last night. Did y'all get a chance to watch the yes. verses? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, I Vaughn versus uh, 3-6. And looking at my own, my timeline, it is definitely an age. It's a split down the middle for folks who say 3-6 is washing bone. Get the fuck out of here no matter what. And, I mean, of course, there are some people who can go either way. But, like, it's literally an age split right down the fucking middle. Yeah. And like, yeah, like if you wasn't around in 93, not saying you wasn't born, but if you wasn't around in like in 91, 92, 93, when Bone was like, this shit just don't hit the same for you. Uh, and the, the tempo of the music is different. Uh, but that don't mean like it's not like just because this is an up tempo song, like it's a better song. See, OK, look, so three six, right. They kind of pioneered the whole crunk shit, right. So that was a new sound at the time when it came out. It was upbeat, it was fast. It wasn't boom bappy, but it wasn't exactly it wasn't West Coast. It was some new shit. But I three six found a way to make that sound transcend through all generations. So even though they started in ninety one, ninety two, and then got their first kind of hits in ninety four, ninety five, and then peaked around between ninety nine and two thousand six, like they still was going through every era. So every Every set of every decade, they got hits that they can play to appeal to that decade, and then they got hits that they can play now that appeal to the new decade. But Bone really had a run between the first two albums. The third one was, yeah, you feel me? Like everything else after that, you really, it it didn't really sound good. They put on a song called Rum- "Rumbling Your Trunk" or some shit at the verses, and I was like, "What the fuck is yeah, this?" Yeah, it's some of this shit that I was like, "It's a weird, this is a weird selection to play." <laughs> But all them all them records that 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 uh three six made or played, yeah. nigga, that was late nineties, early two thousand. Every single one of them. Well, they had about they had some new ones sprinkled in with the features. I mean, of shit. course, like with yeah. some weird shit, but like that wasn't like old music. Yeah, that was, that was, that like, was like in the middle. Yeah, it was in the middle. It was before popping my collar, but it was after tear the club up. You know what I'm saying? It was right around sipping on some scissor, but a little bit before, slightly after. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, it felt like when I watched that, like every time three six came, did some shit, I woke up and got hyped. And then when it was bone time, they was like, "Yeah, that was cold bone." I mean, uh, three six. But listen to this. And then they put on a slow tempo song. It's a slower tempo. I mean, and we made weed smoking songs. All they, and... all they songs was slow tempo. And it was like, damn, like, I can't really say that it's worse than the the up tempo shit because it's two different things. Just kind of like, what do you want at the moment? But yeah. it just felt like the energy really resided got, with 3-6 that night. The energy got sucked out of the room a little bit. And I think Bone, you know, I know the, the verses got cut short due to the low... Well, let's stop scuffle. for a second. Yeah, that it, shit went, went right back on, low yeah. key. That was twenty minutes in, and they did like another hour. Yeah, they stopped for a hot second, and then yeah, went they, back. They, but like yeah. for me, you know, what I'm saying like Bone first song was No Surrender. I was on ten, and I was like, "Yo, Wish is not about to say his verse," because he was like, "You talking about killing cops, going to the funeral, shoot that bitch up?" Because I know that's why y'all bitches is bound to meet up. I'm like, yo, he's not going. This is 2021. <laughs> like, that was like early 90s where you could say, but like, he got that shit off. Like, I was, that was my shit. You know what I'm saying? The the, the Buddha smoke course, the whole, all this shit. I'm like, See, yo. See, when Buddha smoke came in, it came in right after, uh, what song the 36 Mafia played? There was some hype ass shit. And it was like, yeah, and that's cool for the ladies. But you know, this is what we doing. And then it came on and everything slowed up and it was like, oh, it's not like an Ozzy song came on or something. Like if you grew up in an era, like <laughs> so some of the folks who probably about four to five years younger than me, uh, this like, yo, when we came of age, this was the type of music that we was listening. So if it ain't, 
if it ain't hype and club, this what this is one of the things that popped in my mind is every time a song come like niggas wasn't playing that in the club, nigga, we don't live in the club. Right. But this another thing though, tear the club up and and thuggish ruggish bone really came out around the same time. You know what I'm saying? That was like 94, the first version of Tear the Club, but the yeah. one that we yeah. all really know was kind of like, I think, 95 or 96 when they came back around the second time with it. But um, that's why I say, like, 3-6 really found a way to transcend through generations with their music, um, even if it wasn't necessarily the most thought-provoking shit. It was like, as far as the production and the way they delivered that shit. I always thought the production was great and the choruses was was catchy. That was chant, I yeah. thought all the raps was have always been horrible. Like, they they... they, they they got two two people. I, no, I'll say this. All right, so they're not they're not overwhelming lyricists at all in any sort. But um, between Lord Infamous, DJ Paul, that's about it. No, because I got I had to get Gangster Boo her props too because she she wasn't like the most punchline heavy rapper, but she could rap too. And then the rest of them were more so like, yo, do you like the way this sounds as opposed to is this nigga really rapping about some shit? Coopster might have been rapping about some shit too. Gangster Boo, this is this is not a shot. What well, it kind of is a shot. Uh, you know how we be talking about how Meg rap. This da 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 da. That's how Gangsta Boo rap. Yeah. Well, gang- like they rap like somebody who just learned how to rap. Well, Gangsta Boo kind of said like she has one of the most copy flows, and I would have to agree with that because a lot of the yeah, it's called novice. Uh, <laughs> like you never went because like when you first start rapping, everybody do that. And it just she just never changed that shit. So I think like maybe or maybe she found a pocket that just worked for her. It just worked, and she just stayed there. And plus, she was like sixteen when she found that pocket, so it kind of she was a novice. And then like when you're not in a clique that, or even in the genre that like requires you to push your hone your skills, then it just stays there. And then now everybody thinks, oh, this basic rhyme scheme or not so good rhyme patterning is how it's supposed to sound and now you judge alright random right so Megan Thee Stallion it clicked in my head one day she sounds like Gangsta Boo and Salt and Pepper mixed together and then presented in 2021 you know what I'm saying like when I, I listen to that. the edginess and because the edginess is from from Salt and Pepper yep. and the tone of voice if you listen to Meg voice and listen to Salt and Pepper voice you would swear that that might have been one day I, I mean her that was the auntie or something, you know what I'm saying? But then, as far as gangster boo, it's kind of like the the roughness, like the hoodness of it, like the and not to 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 give Meg some credit because like some a bunch of the freestyles she used to be dropping like in front of the car and shit. Mm-hmm. I won't say like she can't rap because she can. You know what I'm saying? Like she just stick to a particular pattern. Yeah, you, like the baby kind of. It's like all right, for bro, sure. Like that's dope. That's like, exactly but, like. But what else? <laughs> what else can we get from you? Like I would like yeah. to hear something else. Like I want you to slow it up, speed it up, like break it up. Like yeah, yeah. But that's a good. That's a good analogy for sure. And when you got when baby got a, a song that's not on that same beat pattern, aka Kanye album. Yeah, I couldn't follow that shit at all. <laughs> I'm like, yo, where is he at? And where's the beat? Because <laughs> like. <laughs> it seems like it's like no matter what the baby rap, like it's gonna get back on on flow eventually. Like if you just let it fend, 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 it's gonna get back on his flow. Hey, you ever seen? You ever been like uh, one of your blinkers ever been out? You know they blink at a different time, but at some point it matches back up, and then it be off and shit. Like some point it'll match back up because 
Yo, you go. You was off so long that you had yeah. to get back. You got lapped. It's gonna you know be six o'clock twice a day. The beat lapped. No matter, no matter how you, <laughs> no matter how you watch the time, six o'clock coming twice a day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one part I want to talk about on the on the, on the verses is Gangsta uh, Boo did had a fat nigga towel last night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, she did. She still looked nice after all these years. So look, say something uh, nice. Just say something nice. So look, uh, so. It was a little tension. Them niggas been quote unquote beefing for like twenty years. But they squashed it and then did shows together. <laughs> That's what she said. Like you, oh, when they cut to the to the little black screen, you can hear the chat in the background. Like what the fuck wrong with them folks? Like we didn't did shows with these folks and everything. And then Juicy was like, "Man, fuck that nigga. We cool with y'all, but fuck that nigga though." So, yo, everybody, 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 not for play. Not saying that like Busy Bone is some hardcore gangster. <laughs> hey, Juicy Swan, that nigga, though. I seen it. Man, Juicy nigga threw the water nigga. bottle, though. And no, no. Busy threw the water bottle. And Juicy threw it back. But then he ran up and gave him a bop, bop, bop before the security. Man, I've watched this video. <laughs> go back I watched watch this man. video like Pull it was right a computer right film, okay? Juicy right invited that nigga to his dick that's immediately. That's what That's what. Immediately. That's what I wanted to say. So listen, that's that's what I wanted to point out. Listen, if you tell a man to suck your dick, you rather be rather to fight, fuck, or kill, <laughs> okay? Wait, because maybe wait. that's some shit that you get down with. He told that nigga to suck his dick, right? And then he said it again as if he was about to start making a song. He said, "Man, suck my dick, suck my dick." So, and then Busy was like, "Oh, fuck that!" Threw the shit. But after he threw the bottle, he was ready to fight because he ran over there. If you watch, go watch the replay. I did. He ran right over there and he tried to punch Busy right in the mouth. The jab was kind of weak. I ain't gonna lie, Juicy. The jab was kind of weak. It seemed like it was like WWE jab. But Ra- rappers jab. are we we've we proven when niggas post them fight vids <laughs> and hitting heavy bags. Like a lot of you niggas, your skill is rapping. Uh, I will I'm say not, that not scrapping. In that, that in that in that frackers, uh, Busy found his way to the back of the the back of the pack. And somebody gave him a, a pep talk about the money they wasn't gonna get if he don't get his fucking act again. Did y'all see uh, Swiss Beats tweets yeah, before? Yes. And, and during, Swiss said something about Busy trying to bite him. Wow, I, I ain't see that part. Hey, my homie said, my homie said, Flesh and Bone was dressed like Pootie Tang yesterday. <laughs> nigga had the slick ponytail. Nigga, Wish, Wish the, has transformed into Uncle Charles. Thing. Yes, yes. He Wish transformed did. into Uncle definitely Charles did. right the before our Flesh eyes. Flesh had on a snake skin button down, y'all, with the fucking Pootie Tang ponytail completely right, with the to, little he, waves. He got a fight, dog. Well, here goes the, I wouldn't call it a fight. Here goes the altercation. The altercation, yeah. Shout out to Lazy Bone for being the mature one in the group. Hey, hey, yo, hey, hey, before we even get started, <laughs> you ugly motherfuckers. Man, suck my dick. Bitch. Suck my dick. He threw the water. Look, look, watch this, watch this. One, two, three. Here you go. Bop, 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 bop. Man, them niggas threw that. <laughs> First that off, I wouldn't call. Man, wait, wait time out. Wait, let's go back. <laughs> Look at that white coat. Both of them threw a, I don't even say threw a punch. They both put their arm up at the same time because neither was <laughs> them. Look at this shit. Hey, that brother. Was, hey, brother. <laughs> they <laughs> Mm. Look at that! That was yep. <laughs> them niggas back dapped right. each other. So look, if you go back, it's a and good. Then after that, who's that dude with the purse right there on the all white to the right? Because he went deep, deep into the bone thug side. Run it back. Jesus Christ, that nigga! He sacrificed his life for the group. Watch this shit. Juicy throw it, and then he get deep. Boom! He in that bitch. Bitch ass nigga. He threw the most punch, but like Andy, so. This the week, busy because I forget somebody mentioned this last night. All right, now look, this arm is coming up. Look at Pootie Tang. 
Oh, DJ Paul with the baby arm. <laughs> <laughs> now look, this is when they both put their hands out. I won't even call it a punch at the same time. And then both of them went to the back. Right. Look, but Juicy went nigga, to the back and, and Busy went to the but back. But Busy got pulled. Yeah, I he did it. get pulled. So the nigga in the white got a chance to punch Busy, though. I just don't think it was it was hard. Not. All the niggas kind of threw some weak-ass punches. I ain't going to yeah. lie. It was just a bunch of weak punches thrown right I, there. I just, it was like I, seven of them. I seen them. I just want to say something on record. Just because DJ Paul got... The baby arm doesn't mean that shit is not powerful. Man, I know. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I know a nigga with a dead arm. You know what I'm saying? Bitch, don't move. It's just, you know, he, he got one of these situations. Yeah, the arm is extended. But if you swing that bitch dead weight. I'll, yeah. I'll say, I'll say <laughs> like this. He clubbed niggas with it. I've seen him like hurt niggas with his dead arm. Yeah, because he can't feel that shit. Uh, so my, my homeboy Pete, you know, he was born uh, <laughs> not exactly the same way that we were. We've been down since like the fifth or sixth grade. I didn't think the Nick scrap, okay? They work. Well, I mean, <laughs> they work. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, don't play. <laughs> don't play. Uh, so an, an impeccable right hand. Yeah. So, uh, what y'all? What y'all thought overall? Right. I enjoyed the fucking battle. I enjoyed it because it was two groups that I grew up on. I just really think in terms of which one I was rocking with more, it was 3-6 because they kept me like, oh, shit. Like, when Crunchy Black Gangster walked to Lord Infamous verse on Who Run It, like, there's nothing that Bone could have did that night to make that look, you know what I'm saying, the visual-wise, maybe not the music-wise, but visual-wise, like, that was, like, the hypest part of the whole shit, like, Crunchy Black 3 I thought it was some, um, some questionable song picks by bone, I thought they lost a lot of shit on the table. Fuck yeah, I niggas ain't do first of the month. That's why they did. They did at that very like near the end. They didn't like do that. first of the month. They didn't all. do it all. I thought the shit came at the end. They did crossroads at the end, but not first of the month. I think first of the like I was really expecting like first of the month to like probably start that shit off. Uh, I I was I wanted to hear uh well. They should have never took any deep album cut and put that shit on that list. That shit should have been every single they could have pulled, platinum. They could have put damn near anything from East 199 or Creeping on the Come Up. I would have been okay if they put that whole album up. Because, like, that's the shit that niggas was... That's what they felt. We fell in love with Bone off oh, Creeping on the Come Up and East 1999. Speaking of, I know when Busy Bone, or whatever pill or powder he took activated, it was on Body Rock. And he was doing his verse and he was over the line, like over the little yellow tape, like trying to get them niggas the best of the verse. And I'm like, why everybody goes cool, busy looking like he going in. And then literally like two or three possessions I, later, it was. I just say, don't never invite a man to your privates unless you're ready to scrap. He, he was ready. It was a weak jab, but he was ready. Them niggas tapped hands. <laughs> they was like, they gave, they gave each other a high five at the same time. Now, we just watched the Zaputer film back into the left. Back into the left. <laughs> I feel like if you invite a nigga to your dick. Fight, like fuck, you, or kill. Fight, fuck, or kill. I mean, I because mean, hey, some niggas get down like that. But unless you trying to invite him there. He tried to turn it into a song, though. Suck my dick. Suck my dick. I don't know a more disrespectful phrase you can say to a nigga. Bitch ass nigga at the end of it. Suck my dick, you bitch ass nigga. Well, that's, that's it. <laughs> hey, that's the that's, 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 that's the finishing no, move. It, on, uh, on, on, on DMX, suck my fucking dick, you bitch ass nigga. Yeah, yeah. He put that suck my fucking dick, you yeah. bitch ass nigga. That's why I don't, I don't argue with New York niggas or none of that shit because it, they be that, quick to say that New Yorkers yeah. be that's like part of their vernacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't. Detroit got some slang. Or if you out of town, they don't even know how disrespectful you, you just got talk, talk right. to and shit. Like, boy, you a jack. Or like, what? Or they may think you talking shit to them and you not like, what's up, bum? Nigga, ain't no fucking bum. 
no, nah, that's not what we mean. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I thought once the, um, uh, once the hits start coming on from 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 Bone and shit that everybody was like used to, I thought the battle turned to fuck up. And then I forgot how many fucking features that uh Crazy Bone mm. uh did in early two thousand shit in that crunk. Yeah. He never capitalized on on his like mystique out of the group. Like he really was the most popular one out of the group next to Busy for a hot second. He did, but he did it on the crunk shit yeah. and all that soft shit. And I thought, oh, I, I really, really, really. One of them niggas to play, because, you know, he was on uh, Life in 1472. Yep. Him, the Brat, and um, I can't think who else was on that song. I wanted them to play that shit so fucking bad. Hey, can we acknowledge that Art of War wasn't a horribly bad CD? It just wasn't what we wanted. And it was too much. Too, too much Way of what we didn't much. want. Yeah, it If they would have just trimmed it like 10 songs. If they'd have made it one album, it'd have been perfect. But the, the way that the fucking cover looked. And it the, looked like Mortal Kombat. It looked, yeah, in the handwriting, it looked like, oh, we about to get some shit. And they had the fucking them Wasteland Warrior uniforms on it, like they fucking barbarians or something. So how deeply entrenched 3-6 is into their culture and their certain type of music, we can't act like Bone is not equally as weird now with look, the shit today into. Now, let's, let, now that the funny part about that is Crazy Bone always does interviews and says, bro, they was pushing that shit on us at the label and we was doing songs and they was... The execs is coming and sitting down and saying, "Hey, what's what's the darkest shit we could do for you guys? Let's, I believe let's it. put some skulls on you and put some some satanic prayers in there. You know what I'm saying? And we'll make, we'll we'll give the budget for this." And he was like, at the time, they kind of just thought, you know, it was just, they were just going along with it because it sounded cool. But he's like, as I got older and started realizing, like they was really putting the devil on us, and we <laughs> we was just rolling along. You know, nigga, we was we was in sixth grade singing Ouija. Are you with me? Right, I'm, I'm here. I'm surprised I'm they didn't bring that shit out. More murder, more murder, come, come again. Man, they did that shit, though. But, that, like... Did that do Killer Clan? Nope. Man, it was a lot of... Sh- oh. Because remember, Juicy J sampled them on his on his solo album. It's called Killer it. Clan. And it come on like, more murder, more murder, come, come. That shit's sweet. Like, it was a whole bunch of shit that got left out. Um... Crepton We Came. I, I want to miss the Bill Collector. Why would they not do Crepton We Came, bro? Come like on, that? man. Like... But it also made me think what what up tempo songs does Bone have? That wasn't they, that wasn't never they style. Until, or until hit, I mean to the uh They got to uh, resurrection and then stuff. I was I was off them by resurrection. And, and, am I <laughs> wrong with thinking is wasn't Bone sign the Swiss beats at one point yeah, on full, full surface? surface? That was two thousand and four or five, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh I was off bone by then. Yeah, not to say that it ever like equated to shit, but I just I'm feel like to, I remember I, the relationship. I would even bet that I've never listened to every song on Auto War. I'm matter of fact, I'm ninety percent sure I've never listened to every song. I definitely listen to a majority of them. Not all, but a good majority. When I do listen. But I always I always feel like I was underwhelmed as a kid, but when I revisited it as an adult, I kinda was like, yo, this ain't this ain't that bad. It's just it was like Nas album, uh Streets Disciple. Like we just would have trimmed off about eight to ten songs. This was actually was just straight yeah. album. Yeah. Um I enjoyed the battle overall. I'm glad uh Busy came back out, uh, apologized, they hugged it out, everybody was, you know, smooth. Um, I wanted him to turn off Crunchy Black Mike because he was not hitting the harmonies when he was trying to sing the Bone songs. Uh, <laughs> like, yo, turn that nigga shit down. Yeah, he, the crackhead. He's fucking the harmonies. The crackhead harmonies. Uh, 
<laughs> but I thought that shit was pretty cool, man. Uh, it turned out it, it it was starting off like I don't know how this going how this gonna end up, but uh, I end up enjoying myself. They got to do this shit earlier though. I guess they was on the West Coast, so they didn't really realize like niggas after midnight. I was asleep. I had to wake up and rejoin. So uh, I had to watch it today. <laughs> all right. I finished watching it today. Yeah, I finished watching it morning. Uncle. All right. <laughs> one more one more thing that we get into before we get into to to the real meat and potatoes. Uh, earlier this uh, week, um, in Metro Detroit, <laughs> I hate that shit. Uh, <laughs> shit's nowhere near Detroit. <laughs> what it is today? Um, but the, Oakland fucking county. Yeah. Well, Metro Detroit really means the surrounded area. Every fucking city in Michigan. Yeah. Is, if long Southeast as Michigan is Metro Detroit. <laughs> if it's Southeast Michigan, nigga, that's Metro Detroit allegedly. Uh, but there was a school shooting. Um, in Oxford, uh, uh, Oxford High, mm-hmm. um, young white boy, per usual, uh, went a and shot up terrorist. a shot up a, a school. I think three people or four, four people four have died, um, have passed, and um, more injured. Um, is that the first one in Michigan? No, I think it's no. um, just the most recent. I think Michigan had one a few years back, like recently. I don't know. I can't. I, I this. I can't remember one. But uh, it's gonna be some national news coverage over it, of course, because shit like this. There was a video um, of children in the classroom, which irritated the fuck out of me. Not because of the video, but because of the comments. Um, I guess the shooter guy was trying to like gain access into a classroom. Yeah. Um, he was acting like he was the police. And one of the guys, he wasn't opening the door. He was like, yeah, we're not really to take that risk right now. He said, I can't hear you. Like, come to the badge. And you Come, you can see my badge, bro. Right. And he was like, he said, bro. And it was like, it was red flag. He said, bro. And everybody dipped out. That was the smartest thing they could have did. Facts. Um, but in the comments, everybody was laughing like, he said red flag. Oh, man, why are they playing like this? Like, I get it. Like, a couple of weeks ago, the red flag shit was on social media. Like, have, <coughs> apparently you have not. Nigga, that's an actual term. Like, kids are fucking dumb. Right. Well, you know, it's that. Or it, uninformed. It, it just feel like everything that's, uh, you know, going viral has just been started. But it's like, no, bro, I think. <laughs> the term red no, flag but, is. Yeah. Uh, it's not new. Yeah. It's not new. I just seen all the people in the comments was talking about, no, it was the sheriff. He was trying to come. Like, people was like. Your daddy it. saw your mama was a red flag, and that's why she raised you alone. Oh, wow. Sorry to that y'all had to endure that. <laughs> <laughs> uh but so today uh they charged the parents uh what homicide or involuntary, in, involuntary manslaughter or something like that. The parents like, are on the fucking run. Yeah, because they're gonna get like five years for each person that died. Involuntary manslaughter from one person. How y'all feel about that? That's what I really want to talk about. I, mean, I think the parents should be charged. Yeah, they they purchased a the gun. It wasn't in it wasn't in a secure location. That's why the nigga was able to get to it and take it to school. I think the parents and, and he's a minor. And the parents just, should be responsible. He had just drew some shit in class about shooting people and help me. You know, like he was having problems in school leading up to this. He had put a warning out the day before. He had just drew some pictures and shit that he had gotten in trouble for that same week. He had to have a meeting with his parents and the principals. And they said they had to find him psychological help within 48 hours. Right. And then they also said that he wasn't worthy of being suspended. Like it was just an offense that you should just talk about. To your parents. So let's so let's let's have a conversation around that. Right. So the picture he drew was the day of 
the the situation. No, I think it was a, a couple of days before. Well, I know the 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 it was a picture taken. It was sent to the parents. Then the parents actually came to the school the day of the shooting around like ten o'clock, and I guess the shooting happened around like one o'clock, right? So the parents are being held responsible because he drew the picture, or because no, because he bought the he they bought the gun and then. They got text messages from the mom and the son and the dad too, like basically talking about the pistol and shit. And right, so I want to put the, I want to put all that in context, right? And because it sound and look really fucking bad, but I just want to put everything in context. Um, because all of it together is why they charging charging the parents. Like, look, y'all seen this? He should have got help. Yeah, the prosecutor said she was doing that because she wanted to send the message that I don't like just, if you just if you take these simple steps, all of this could have been avoided. And I kind of, I kind of want to say I agree. <clears throat> I don't think it all could have been avoided, but there were there were warning there were warning signs, and I think we sometimes are too delayed with how we react to those warning signs. All right, so look, why didn't the teacher call the police? Because. Be, when they saw the drawing, because from from what everybody's telling me online is like they seen that fucking drawing. No, they, they should have did something. They, they called when they had the drawing originally. They called the parents in to meet about the drawing. So the the drawing had already been addressed way before the shooting. So the drawing wasn't enough to kick him out of school. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what the basically the, the super or whoever was the head of that they were saying like the they they were saying we acted correctly in that situation because that doesn't warrant a suspension. It, it warrants a meeting with the parents and then whatever resolution that they came up with. You know, at least go home for the day. They didn't, if you're not suspended, leave, leave then, for the fucking day. They also said that it was a strong possibility. This, I think the school themselves said it, it's a strong possibility that he had the gun on him the day that they talked about the picture. And when he went to the bathroom after that meeting, that's probably when he put the gun in there and then came back the next day and then got a chance to let that bitch off. Who knows? Who knows? So I've been seeing a lot of shit online like... uh he a 15-year-old kid. Now, they say, yo, this nigga bought, their parents bought him a gun. Uh, they got to go to jail. Well, I'm not saying that they shouldn't or, or should, but kids, <laughs> this sounds fucking wild. But adults buy people, children gun all the time. They do, but. Like, it, like full stop. Like, that's the sentence, right? Like, they're, they're, they're. They're kid shooters in the fucking Olympics. It's not. There's it's, they're professional children shooters. They have firearms that they can't legally purchase because you can't sell a firearm. So like, it's not really the fact that he had the gun. It's the fact that they didn't put it in the safe location, and they were the ones that's supposed to be responsible for it. What's uh, a safe location? The safe Sa location. Let's is, say I put it in a safe. Right with a lock. On, okay. the, on the trigger that you only you have the key to or whoever the other responsible party is. And then you put it in a locked location, whether it be a drawer your, on your dresser, whether it be a safe, whether it be a, a, a cabinet downstairs in the yeah. basement. It needs to be locked. And he don't need to have the key to it. So why did, did you get the gun? And then within that 24 hours, your son is on the Internet posting the shit, talking about I'm going to shoot shit up and all this other shit. Like you got to. If you a good parent in, in these days, you got to be able to be on your kid's social media, too. Like, my daughter don't even rock with social media unless me or her mom give the okay. You know what I'm saying? She can't sign on. And, and it's not that we're trying to, like, hold her back and no shit How like that. How old is your it, daughter? Uh, 13. So, so I, at 13, her life is probably a little bit easier to manage than 
you know, my daughter is 15 going on 16. Not to say that her social media is wild, but she she in a different age range. She move a little bit differently and her life is a little bit different. So while she's not posting nothing wild, does it does everything get does everything touch me in her mother's eyes before well, me, hit Instagram? Yeah. No, because she don't have a social media for herself. She got one for her business, but she don't have one for herself. And then my wife asked me um, not too long ago, like, you know, how do you feel about her getting the Instagram because she asked for one. And I said, to be honest with you, the way I feel about it is with all the studies and stuff that I've been seeing and the way that it affects young women, I don't think that you should have one right now. I don't think mentally that you're ready for it. And I think that um, you can be on social media as long as we're monitoring it, but it's going to be like, you know, uh, case by case type thing like you're just not gonna have a phone and be able to just click the app and just go to it and scroll on it all day because that does something to your brain and your brain isn't developed yet to the point where you can even understand what it's doing to you i just find it hard to <clears throat> they're having i'm relatively i think there's really good parenting g relatively I try. I try. relatively speaking absolutely uh there haven't been a lot of school shootings relatively speaking i don't know that a parent ever thinks that their kid is going to shoot up a school. Funny you say that. Somebody yesterday said that there's a generation, there are generations of children and people out now who live in a world where they haven't known for it to not have school shoot. Like your dad, your your parents, my parents, they didn't grow up with people. And the shoot. parents of these kids who are in high school right now. Well, I, I grew up with the Columbine era, so that should happen when I was growing up. And I'm the kid of a parent right now because my daughter technically would be, is 13. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, uh, like, I grew up and seen Columbine was my first instance of a school shooting. Same, yeah, so same here. That's fucked up for the last 30, about 30 years. You know, it's been normal for, not normal, but it's been understood that schools can get shot up. But everything before 1994, like, four, like <laughs> that never happened. Like what? What the fuck happened in society that just made you be poop? Like the first thing we need to do is shoot up a school now and we get mad. Like what happened? That's what I really want to know. I just want everybody to 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 think about. I'm not saying anybody's wrong because you're not. I'm not absolving these these parents of any kind of responsibility because I don't know them motherfuckers. I can judge on what they look like. They look like they may be into some other shit, but I don't want to judge nobody off what they look like. But I do want to put everything in context, right? So I was shooting guns at a young age. I always knew him. I always knew where my father's gun was at. I never went and picked it up after school and no shit like that, right? Um Same here. There is me personally, this is just Jason speaking. I think if you have a gun, this may be different than this particular situation. If you have a gun in your home for for home protection. If your gun has a lock on the trigger and is also inside of a safe that's locked, you might as well not fucking have it. Because if something happens, you are not going to be able to get to your safe, undo your safe, open your safe, then get the key lock off of it. So you agree then that the best thing to do is to responsibly educate your children on what to and what not to do. Absolutely. I, I, I can just speak for myself. I bought a new gun maybe three weeks ago. Uh, picked it up from Action Impact, you know, got the pistol. My daughter saw like some information I left, like I left like the the instruction manual for the gun on the table. And she was like, yo, what's this? Mm -hmm. And for me, I show my kids my firearm because I want to take the mystique away from right. it. Mm -hmm. And my rule is you can see the gun whenever you want to. Right. 
You just need to act. You just need to come to me and ask me. And and that's and that was what I did with her. Like, if, if you're curious about it, I'll show you. But you know, see, your I, kids probably don't play Nazi video games and watch all type of weird ass shit on YouTube. Man. I mean, my, I think your your style of parenting is what really upholds um, what you say about the gun. If your foundation is like, you know, we're going to be safe. My word is what goes. This is how we're going to run it. Then your kids going to grow up and they're going to respect that. But when you run a household where them rules is probably not as tough. But we don't know how they run their household. We don't, we don't know how nobody else run their household. And a lot of other people who may play those same games don't go shoot up their school. We don't know so how they run their like household. But is... at the same time, if you really... If you really was, if it really was a mistake, you wouldn't have ran. You would have stayed, and you Sheep. probably would have. You would have found the way to. Because to be honest, the way the prosecutor was talking, they was gonna probably drop the charges to something lesser for them. They were probably gonna get some time, but they wasn't gonna get the full time. But the fact that they ran is kind of like well, you knew better. Shit, you tell me on the internet that I'm is you about to charge me with the murder or what the 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 implication of these children that got that got. I'm out. I'm doing a dash. First whatever of all, the fuck. When they when they appeared in court the first time, they were in the car. When the parents appeared in court the first time, they was already in the car. So like right. in my mind, these niggas was already out. And I'm just thinking court is virtual. I I get it, but like I'm just thinking like why didn't the police have the antennas up? At least somebody watching the house. Right. At least that, a patrol car watching the crib. Think, I don't think the uh, the prosecutors at that very moment had intended to charge the parent. I think it's a blame time this little white motherfucker who shot up the school. Like we need to put the attention against him. Like I get it, the parents and shit, but like we want somebody to pay for this well, fucking I mean, he, tragedy. He's going to get what he's going to get. Like I mean, that's, all the anger and all the vitriol needs to be pointed towards him because he made a at 15 years old i'm not saying that your, your prefrontal cortex is all and then not no fuck that because some lady tried to make an excuse about it he's just brain isn't developed i get all that fuck all that shit you know like, that going into a school and shooting random people is wrong right full stop there's nothing so when he went to the bathroom cocked that gun and he made the conscious decision when i come out I, of here so look I i'm sure like Okay, so two things. Number one, you just bought the gun, so you should know if the gun is missing or not. And then number two, if you go to the school... I don't know if that's the case. Listen, if you go to the school on Monday, or let's say Wednesday, right? And they say, hey, Monday we found your son writing pictures about killing people, killing himself, Nazis, insignia, people getting shot... Your son is most likely going to do some violent shit. We should get this. We should we should get this. I'll tell you the out. opposite. And a story that happened this year, because we talked about it on This Week in Culture. Um, a young black girl, I, can, I don't remember if she was eight years old or 10 years old, um, was at a school. She was getting bullied by a person in school. She drew a picture of the bully. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the picture had the girl head off her shoulders or whatever, but the parents of the bully saw the picture, went up to the school, made the school, called the police, and then they arrested the little girl. And us, woke folk, woke Twitter, everything was like, yo, this is fucking wrong. She's expressing herself and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, listen, uh, if we go, like, where do we draw the line? So at? Let's, let's because if you, just because you draw a dark picture does not mean that you're about to shoot right, up a school. Here's some funny shit, right? When I was in third grade, I had a homeboy named DeAndre, right? And we he, he was a, a like a he was like a, he was like a geek like a nerd like a video game heavy right I like video games too so he was my dog for a hot second right so one day we started rapping right and for some reason our raps was like super violent 
right? Mm-hmm. So we wrote them bitches in the, in the notebook, and then the next day we came in and we started writing like pictures of just like writing cartoons. You know, like you just scribble dumb shit in class. So we started writing motherfuckers getting shot. Like I had, an, I had drew a nigga with a pistol shooting the motherfucker, and this dumbass nigga. He draws a picture of a motherfucker dead and draws the teacher's name under the shit, bro. <laughs> now, mind you, this is 19, like 90, maybe like 96, right? This is before Columbine. Um, and they called us to the office. <laughs> they found that shit, dog, and we got called to the office. My pops had to come in, and I had to explain my way out of that. And he had to look at this shit and look at me like, bro, what the fuck is you doing? Like, like what's, yeah. he's like, what are these raps and shit? And he's like, and he took me home that day like, bro, no. No more raps. No more rapping. Like, especially don't, especially look, don't write, don't write the shit down. You look, at, look at you now on the pod talking about your rap album. But look, <laughs> right. in a second. But look, the nigga, my pop had the right state of mind because he seen what the fuck was going on and he he addressed it. He didn't just say all oh, those motherfuckers. Like he actually was concerned and he was like, "Yo, like, tell me the truth, bro. Did you is this what you thinking? Because if it is, yeah, we need to get it. you help." So I don't think they did that for their son. I think they went to the meeting and they kind of brushed it off as I don't know. From the text, from the text that she sent him she regarding the shit. No, well, that's the way, what that's I wanted to put in context because I think some of these texts are out of context and out of and out of order how they've been reported. And, and then when you just read just straight text, I just read never, it in white. I read it in white people's voice. I'm sorry, and when so, I read but, it in white people's voice, but I, you I, never know what the content, what the, the context. context of a text is well, when I you mean, read it between two people. Here's an example, right? They keep saying, "Yo, they bought a gun for minor." You can't buy a gun for anybody. Period. I don't care right. if it's an old, you young, a gun and your minor has access to the gun. Um, whatever. I went to years ago. I went to buy a girl my gun a gun for my girlfriend. I bought her. It was a pink oh, pistol. You're a straw, a straw purchase. Uh, I went to go and I was like, "Yo, uh, y'all got a pink one? I think I'm buying this for my girlfriend." Like, oh, can't sell you. That. And I knew in my brain, but it, it slipped out. I'm like, no, we can't sell it to you because you said you're buying it for somebody else. Right. I'm like, oh fuck. So well, I had to I come mean, back the next day when it was a different person behind the counter. And when I bought the pink one, it was like, "This well, one's for you." I was like, "Yep." Well, whose name did you put in there? It's in my name because you can't buy a gun for right. anybody. But, but I want, but I want, I just want, let me get this out. But I want to set the record straight. It is not illegal for a minor to have a gun, absolutely, to not. hold a gun, to shoot a gun, to own a it's gun. Definitely illegal to kill four people. Though. It's one hundred percent. Like <laughs> it is. Let me say that again. It is not illegal for a, a minor to own a gun. It's even illegal for them to leave the house. They with can't. They. Nigga, if a kid want to open carry, he can open carry. Because uh, Michigan is an open carry state, think, and think, there is not... I think it's an age on it, ain't it? There is no age limit on the Second Amendment. It don't say you have the right to bear arms after 18. There is no age limit on any of our constitutional So you're amendments. telling me if a 16... Well, I guess that's Kyle Rittenhouse, huh? Yes. All right, well, there is there, just so just so everybody wants to say there is not an age limit on uh, you. You got the freedom of speech after you turn 18. No, you got the freedom of speech, period. None of the constitutional. Now, nah, you know, what's uh, crazy. This this point that you bring it up is something that a judge would have to bring his ruling on. And you have to like, that's crazy how it come down to how they interpret, quote unquote. Listen, so. So if my father has a 22 pistol. That his father used to have, right? Mm-hmm. So my grandfather had. So my dad's probably gonna give it to me. He can give me a firearm. The law is a business can't sell a handgun to someone under 21. Right. And a business can't sell a rifle or a shotgun under somebody who's eight, under 18. That's just for the business on the consumer side. 
it's perfectly fine for you to have one. How old do you got to be to be a police officer in this? 18? Yes. You can't even buy a fucking pistol at 18. You got to be 21 to buy a pistol. So how are Detroit police officers who are under 21 walking around with a pistol on their hip? Who bought that gun for them? They get the speed to the light. (laughs) What I'm saying is, like, it's not illegal for somebody under, like, there is no crime just because you're a minor. Now, do most people know that? No. Do you want a 16 or or, or six-year-old walking around with a pistol on his hip? No, I do not. But guess what? He technically got the right to do it. I'm going to just go out on the limb and say, like, son, from the way you've been acting this week, I probably should put extra protection on this pistol because I think if you was to get a hold to it, you would do something dumb. And I'm going to help you out by stopping that. Now, they bought the gun on Black Friday. You know what I'm saying? So prior to... The picture. And then the prior nigga was to all on Instagram that. talking about I'm I, I got the 30 shot. I'm gonna shoot this bitch up. Like you don't look at your kids' Instagram, bro. Like everybody you, don't. Everybody don't even have access to that. So that's that's another reason why you probably should if have to. If my kids block me on Instagram, I would beat their fucking ass. Bro, why you think you know, but listen, what about the secret Instagram? What the what the, you, I forget, look, what's the word look, for look, it? It's the uh the burner account, right? But you don't know if you if you don't know. But the shit that I do know, the shit that I know you guys set up, the shit that I know is going on, I'm on that motherfucker. Like I get I, it, I, but I, I just I just want us to be on the same no, page no, I, here. Though. I get it because kids kids can do shit under under the they radar. Can, you, but, you're not gonna catch this, everything. But in this case, though, it wasn't under the radar. In this case, he has shown obvious signs leading up until including the morning of that shit. Like, there's no way you could have missed parents, all those signs as a the parent. The parents bro. knew the exact same thing that the school knew. So the school should be exactly the the, the same responsibility. You don't think right? they, you don't think they're gonna catch a lawsuit eventually? So this this is the they age charge of the parents with 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 manslaughter. This, this, the teacher saw the same picture, I'm, right? I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. A civil suit is gonna come to them same people that was involved in that picture that did. Civil get suit is different, of. though. I can see, I can civilly sue you for anything, right? But you can't legally prove without a reasonable doubt that the, that the superintendents acted in a certain way to think that that wasn't that that wouldn't happen or they wasn't gonna try to prevent it. They probably went through steps that implemented. Nobody and, called the police. So everything that like. It's not it's not illegal to be a bad parent, either, by the way. I don't think it's gonna be a the the parents aren't getting I'm le- going somewhere with all this I'm shit. I'm just saying the, par- the, the parents aren't getting charged because they was bad parents. The, the parents people. are getting charged because they left a gun in the vicinity of a minor and a lot of Who the fuck knows where the gun was at? The the son. What I'm saying is, nigga, I could have had that bitch in a fucking safe. It wasn't though. I don't. Where was it at? I don't know. It was out because he What's took it out? to school. <laughs> it wasn't locked up. It was able to be put in his pocket. What I'm saying, if it was locked up, and I went in the motherfucking safe and got it, because if I got if 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 I live in a home that shoots, right? Uh, because I my dad do they shoot or did he just buy the nigga a gun because he asked for one? That's the difference right here. Do they it, shoot? Are it, they hunters? Are they are they snipers? You don't gotta snipers? be a hunter to shoot, but like I. My, as a as a child, me the, and my father shot. What, what if his pops never goes to the range? What if they never go hunting? What if they don't shoot the guns at all? They just got them because they think it's cool as fuck to be a second amendment. That's a bear. giant. That's a giant. It's what a if. giant. What if? But it's a lot of white people out here that are just like that. It's a lot of black people like that. But what also, I'm saying is, we on this particular case, that's a lot of what ifs, right? Everything is what if. To be honest with you, like even when it comes down to court, because when you got to prove beyond a reasonable doubt, you're really saying, "What if this and that was like this, and this person corroborated this story?" Y'all should. But believe the it. comments that's talking right now aren't talking what ifs. They talking specifics. Like, no, they left the gun. Some they left the gun out, and he took it. How do we know that? 
I, mean, I don't know where the gun okay, was. So at. if he didn't leave it out and he didn't take it, I mean, it had to been given to him. And if you gave it to him, what I'm saying is, what if I got the gun in my nightstand or hid away, and you go and get it? Then you were re- irresponsible because it should have been locked up in the way. Like all these gun control campaigns that run on TV is for a reason. They say keep your gun locked up. You're gonna go right against that. Then the shit that they said will happen happens, and then you say, well, I, I shouldn't be responsible because the things you said that was gonna happen happened, and it was out of my drawer. All right, my bet. gun that I bought. And the reason I'm going this way because I'm going, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. All right, fine. We gonna hold the the parents responsible, but we not about to to pick and choose when the parents are gonna be responsible. So when your mans go shoot up the block because he got beef with somebody, your parents are responsible for that shit too. Because don't tell me you ain't know that your son was game banging. Don't tell me you didn't know that your son ain't been to school in three weeks. Don't tell me that you didn't know you had all the fucking signs that your kid was in the streets and you did nothing. And right, you still so that. And don't tell me you don't look, know he's selling drugs. This. Don't tell me you don't know he got a gun. Watch this. Everything that you know. Watch this, Jason. When I was in high school, I sold drugs and I had a gun. And I lived with my grandma and granddaddy and they didn't have a job. They was home every day. And did your parents know that? That I had I had a gun and I sold drugs? Yes. No. Are they bad parents? I would say they they probably could have dug a little deeper. But they are they did dig deep on certain things. It was certain shit that they really was trying to make sure I stayed away from. And you didn't want them to know that you had it, so you went about away and do it. So that, if you would have did something my wrong, gran, my, gran, my granddad didn't keep weed and drugs in the closet, and I found it one day and went and started hustling and shooting niggas. That would have been his fault if I went in there. Well, what I'm saying is shit. if you did something in the streets. Would have been your parents' fault. It would have been your fault. Because they had no idea that you had a gun. It's probably a 70-30 split between what have you been taught at home and what did you what decision did you yourself make? You feel right. me? But what I'm asking you specifically, if you did something at a younger age, would have been your parents' fault. If I would have used something from them, like if I would have took my pop gun and wouldn't committed a murder. I'm talking or about something. the gun you had. I bought that off the street. I didn't get that from my dad. If my dad would have gave it to me and I would have shot a motherfucker with it, but, and they would have said, But if you still would have bought them, if you still would have shot a nigga on the streets with a gun you bought from a nigga up the block, Pete, it still would have fell Pete, on your parents. It wouldn't have fell on my parents because I would have hid it from them and they wouldn't have been aware. But had it been a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday where I had three different violent incidents and they know that this shit was so, culminating, it so would have been the, different. So in an example that I gave, when you got a kid who ain't been to school, he been truant, um, you know he's selling drugs, he got money, he got items that you know he can't pay for. You you hear the shit in the neighborhood, and he go shoot up the house down the block. It's your fault too. Take your ass to jail, and you should get a was, homicide I was, too. I wasn't aware that he had guns, bro. I was aware that he was. You in the think street. these kids? You think these parents think their kids are, are are saints? No, but I think Instagram plays a huge part in telling you what. People before are, Instagram, doing. we talking about fucking. So, Inst- so look, before Instagram, it was hard as fuck to tell what your kids was doing in the street. You just had to hope you came home alive. No, no, no because no. I, I be, I, I'm, I think I'm a little bit older than you, G. And when I was like doing dirty ass shit in the streets, right. like yeah, I was, I thought I was hiding it, right. but like certain shit trickled back to my mama. All right, so peep game, right? My grandma was. V- Humanly against guns, right? She wouldn't even let me buy a cap gun. If I had a cap gun and how she would cuss me out, throw that bitch away, and I probably would have some sort of punishment, right? I brought a gun in the house for three months before I finally did the smart thing and sold that motherfucker, right? Had I got caught with that gun, she would have definitely sent me back to my mama's house, and our relationship would have forever been different because I would have broke a, a, a bond of trust that me and her had when she told me, I don't want no guns in the house because when you had guns, you do stupid shit. 
You feel me? So she made sure that she did everything in her power to keep that motherfucker out of my hands. Now, if I snuck a gun in the house, she can't say shit about that. But if she has a gun in the house that I have access to and then I go get it and do some bullshit, then in a way you kind of was responsible, not fully responsible. Let me, let me explain I how we don't. theory, but that's not going to fly in court. I mean, in court. Well, right now, let depends, me explain why I don't think we, we, we plan. We don't play. We're not playing this game the right way. Because on this same podcast, remember when last, I guess it was technically last year, when um, our current vice president was running for president and everybody was on her head because she supported locking parents up if their children wouldn't go to school, right? It ain't the parents' fault. They don't know what the kids doing out there. What if they did some, and everything, everybody was against, yo, they just poor, they just a single mom. It's not their fault that their kid don't, don't go to, don't go to, um, don't go to school. And I was like, no, fuck that. Lock their ass up. You took the other position, like, yo, Jay, you sound like a Republican or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, why is it okay? Are you contributing to your kids not going to school? Yes. Or they're not going to school? It's your responsibility. You- because so like, I'm, I'm using this as an example, so yeah, we understand I'm that the to, parents I'm trying to make are sure. Because like in, in the case that we referring to, like with the with the gun shit, these are the parents contributing by way of well, there's nothing. There's, there's, but but there's, when you a minor, when you a minor, your parents, you, I think, whether con- it's directly or indirectly, they contributing. Contributing by by, ne- by way of negligence. So I you, mean, it's something like where you're actively either seeing something and not saying it, or you're actively contributing to that person doing it. But your sixteen year old son to, been arrested four times. He been kicked out of school for fighting. He got gang tattoos. You know your son is in the streets and he killed somebody. It's your fault are, too. Are, are you contributing to him being yes, in the streets? Because you're not he, doing did, something. Did he make the choice and you've been trying to help, but he's been ignoring the help or not getting the help? You know how it's like a key, like, bro, I want to take you and put you in scared straight. You put him in scared straight. He cuss out everybody in there. He get out. He ain't no better or no worse. He the same nigga. Did you try to get him help or did he refuse? I don't help? know what kind of help that these parents try to get to the little shooter nigga. I mean, we, I don't know. We, I don't we, even we, know if he if he if he displayed anything so prior to last week what, what i'm trying to say is if monday tuesday wednesday went by where he was getting incidents addressed about the help that he needed and the parents didn't get him help and they left him they in can't the afford vicinity. it they poor well i mean school, i can't I'm, afford it i can't afford a therapy i think the school has options for that in Oxford. why ain't the school do it I, that's what I said. I, I said that the, the, the school probably will get a civil suit. Well, they won't be re- forget civil suit they, they didn't charge the parents they gave them niggas a, a manslaughter so man, what I'm saying is, they I'm, involuntary I'm, manslaughter. I'm cool they, with it because fine. they could they directly contributed to the deaths of them kids by I leaving think that gun. Parents there. are directly contributing to deaths in their neighborhood by not getting their fucking kids out the street. Now whether you don't know how to do it or whatever, that's not my concern. I mean, because like when you say if you're gonna be resp- if you're gonna be re- if the parents are gonna be responsible for the children's action because of their inaction, so then look, it gotta I go think, across I the board. A, I though. think it's a bigger task getting your kids out the street than it is getting your gun in a safe. That don't mean it ain't your responsibility. Because, no, listen, bigger task or not, look, it's your responsibility. Look, because when you talk about get your kids out the street, there's not enough resources in the world to correct every child in America, black and white. You can't just send everybody away to military school. Some things have to be handled with. Uh, actual uh, what's the practical solutions and sometimes those practical solutions take time so it's not going to be like yo bro you was in the street I'm sending you away to West Point like you ain't going to be able to afford that so you might have to go through proper channels that take time to get that kid help and some kids just ain't going to be helped but if you was helping school them get shooter help, probably not going to be helped with that's, a call that's a hundred percent probably true because the <laughs> shit that he was doing is stuff that people think about when they get later on in life when they have these ideologies that they formed over twenty and thirty years and they now they a Nazi like you shouldn't be a Nazi at fifteen like you know what I'm saying or talking about Nazi shit at fifteen unless you're talking about a video game like Call of Duty or some shit but um 
if you're directly contributing to your kid doing bullshit, either by A, encouraging it or B, being negligent in terms of leaving like weapons out for kids that you know is mentally screwed up. Then I would say that's what I'm saying. I don't know that a parent thinks their kid is mentally screwed up (laughs) and enough to shoot up a school because you probably think ain't no way in my fucking world my son will do that shit. You probably think the same thing. I kind of agree with you on that because the little shit that I wrote when I was in third grade, I I was not thinking about shooting up no school, bro. But after me and my pop had a conversation about what was right and what was wrong. He actually took the time to address the problem. We never had that problem but again. G, but G, you know, parenting doesn't work like that. It's it's not an across the board answer. It's not that about works for your every kid. Child. It's not about if your kid is going to do what you said or not. It's about did you did you take your responsibility and accountability so and, and you, make the step to at least try. So That's as it. a parent, if like I'm fine. Listen, if your kid kills somebody and you were negligent in it, fine. You can get charged with with involuntary no. manslaughter, but I don't want this to be just for the white kid shooter. I want that shit across the board because your trouble, your kid been a fucking menace since the fifth grade and you knew it. Have you been contributing to helping him yes. or have you been contributing to him doing bullshit? Which Whether one? you contributed or not, you're responsible I, for I, it. So look, the little motherfucker, but, but, is, he, he's a human being with his own personality. But if I'm contributing to it or contributing to helping him, it's the it's the main difference between the case your by responsibility, case analysis, bro. Whether you were or were not, your responsibility is not absolved. You you're the parent, he's a minor. Parent, but it's like you can't take his hand while you at work when he in class and he got a knife on him or something like you you're hoping that the things that you told him so so now they get to argue that point in court that's what it's gonna come that's, down that's, to that that's what every and court, they gonna and they gonna lose every court or oh, court no right, look, but my point right now ain't about this case what i'm saying i walked us through this and saying listen if we're gonna agree that the parents are responsible for if a kid goes off and shoots up a school, then you need to be responsible when your kid shoots up the block. I think you should be responsible when it's directly your fault. It's your fault. Uh, it's directly, not 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 indirectly your fault, but directly your fault. I if don't he, know that it was directly they fault that this kid shot up the school. The fact that he has a gun that your his parents bought him is directly responsible. A parents bought the gun. <laughs> And it was going to be when they go to the range, right. this is the one that you're going to shoot but at the range. When your son Monday goes to school and they say he's writing suicidal thoughts and he's so talking about So if your son goes to people. school and, and got a beef with the other nigga on the other side of in the other school and say, nigga, we fucking your ass up tomorrow, bro, if I see my that's son, a threat, if I, right? If I see my son on Instagram saying he's going to shoot some niggas up, I'm saying, bro, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm about to whoop your ass where the gun at right now. Because... I have a responsibility as a parent yeah. to contribute to him doing the right thing nah. and not letting that shit slide. I get that. And just saying, I hope the guy he don't do that shit. I get it. So you say that he goes to school, he shoots somebody. Is it your fault? No, I could. Why ain't it? Because I contributed to him doing the right thing, and I didn't leave my gun out. Jail, if he took my, my nigga. Gun out, Jail. Who what? has the gun? Where did the gun come from? So listen. Where if everybody, gun? generally That's, speaking, this is what this believes. case is going to come back to. The the prosecutor and the defense attorney is going to argue about. The the, 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 the prosecutor is going to say you were directly responsible because you left the gun out. And the defense attorney is going to say, where was the what? gun at when he got it? It, had, it wasn't locked up. How do you know? Because what if he was, what if he picked the lot? The nigga want to kill it. Well, he okay, wants so to look, shoot. If, if he he wants to shoot. He wants to shoot kids Listen, in school. Jason, if he picked the lock, then why the parents run? Because you about to hit me with a fucking murder and, and I'm all going and, down. And if, you, if you know you're innocent and you didn't do your lawyer. In America? Tell you, yeah, your lawyer. I'm always, out. They're white. If your lawyer always I'm tell out. you, if you're not in, if you're not guilty, don't fucking run because they're going to treat you differently once you get back. I'm out. I'm doing a dash. I'm not cuffing up. Period. <laughs> 
And then the lawyer, he tried. He's like, he trying to, he trying to save them some time. And he says, I don't think they ran trying to dodge charges. I think they, they doing what everybody that's scared when they get charged do. And they've been, bu- they've yeah. been, they've been buying time trying to find a new lawyer to get better advice. And the, the lawyer that they got now is from Georgia, so it was like, how, yeah, he, they're claiming they're gonna turn themselves in, but in the on, meantime, man. we need y'all to. Come on, man. They're not turning themselves in because they know when they get there and they got to answer questions, it's going to directly point out that they was like they guilty negligent. already. Though. Yeah, because like, I was- mean, what I'm saying is the day of they showed a picture of his parents that was on Instagram and they was guilty already. Like I mean, public the public opinion, opinion yeah. kids got killed in a school. They going down for it no matter what. It, so no, if well, I know that it depends because if a person like you was on the jury, they might not because they need all of y'all to, to have unanimous decision. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't happen. vote for them. Maybe they are guilty. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not say, surprised that they ran. I'm going to say that or if it, they ran, when it comes to a minor having access to a gun and committing a crime, I think that parents. Did you need, know where was there any? Well, no, you said not your grandma. Like. There my, my, ac- my granddad had a gun. You knew where it was at? I knew where it was at. But, you had access to it. But no, because it was always locked. Always locked. And I never got even got a chance to see it, bro. I didn't see it till after he died. And he died in 2007. If I'm the type of person who <laughs> wants to go shoot up a fucking school, I can get through that little rinky-dink ass lock. But did you? Did your parents actively try to stop you or was it just out in the box? That's what it's going to come down to in court. I almost guarantee you. Like, they're going to... They, they, well, but, but what you're asking is... The defense they, is going to drive it home. But you're asking, did he actively try to stop you? I don't know that my kid about to go shoot up a fucking school. You do I because you just had a meeting that said, I'm going to shoot up the school. Like, that paper literally says, I'm going to shoot the people dead at school. Like No it, paper said the same thing. No. It did. And then, and then, look, <laughs> the next day he went on Instagram and gave a count down how much more obvious evidence do you need if you was a parent monitoring how many niggas cap on instagram you just never you you nev- can't cap about school shootings but you can't call a bomb shooting in you can't They've been call doing all week this week you, you and everybody been going home and getting charged for whatever they're supposed to get charged with and they they have not been letting that shit slide you can't call 911 and say hey go over here so that this police officer leave you alone and y'all can speed away a lady just got charged for that shit. well don't she say tried, they can't do it but they are doing I mean, they are but it, you're not supposed to so she called the police not supposed to shoot up why she got yeah she called the police while they was pulled over dude said i gotta leave and go to another car then they realized shit was fake and then they charged with a felony you know what i'm saying like it's just something you just can't do i just say this if we gonna hold parents responsible then hold them responsible don't pick and choose when you want to hold responsible when you know like i know that this nigga that lived down the street was a fucking terrorist since he's been in the fifth grade you have not actively been getting help and encouraging him to do the right thing you should go to court if something happens, and it should be a case by case. Let's look over the, the facts same and see energy what that we got for this little white boy shooting up this white school. Bro, I think, we should have the bro, same energy from we, your cousin, and you, you know your auntie you ain't did shit. You don't if if you see your cousin out there thugging with the gun that your auntie bought, bro, and he he do some bullshit. You ain't gonna be like, auntie, why you ain't put that gun up? You ain't gonna ask her that. I don't think that happens. Are are you going to ask her that? If your little cousin shoot up the school with your auntie gun, are you going to ask your auntie why you leave the gun? Or are you going to act Hindsight like, is always twenty twenty. But is you going to ask that question? What's lead a gun? Like when niggas had left the gun, I'm like that bitch was sitting on the counter. I don't know where it was at. Where I'm telling you where it was at. Where it, was it? It wasn't locked up. But tell me where it was at. It wasn't locked up. It was out of the box somewhere. Out of the unlocked box somewhere. Whether it was on the kitchen table. You know that for a fact. Closet, it wasn't locked up. I, can t- I know that for a fact. I don't know. I know that for a fact. It wasn't locked up. You know why? Because if it was locked up, it wouldn't be out of the box. What if I brought, what if I picked it up? 
I'm, 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 I want to kill people today. Okay, so I look, put out a fucking now, kill list. This is what I, I agree. If he picked the lot, guess who fault that is? But you saying if, but like you don't know. You can't. You can't say look, this happened if, if you, we don't know. If you put it in the box and you locked it, and he picked the lock, that's not your fault. It's not your fault, Jason. It's not your fault. Your we son not picked arguing. the lock. What I'm saying is, us looking at this case, we can't say. This happened. I know this happened when we don't know. This G, is the thing. G, you know a lot of niggas in jail for shit that's not directly their fault. And this is going to be one of them times they're going to go to jail. Hey, I ain't going to lie. Something I believe them niggas not should be free. not directly their fault. I, I believe them niggas should be I free. I believe we got to help. We got to hold parents accountable across the board. Yes, you are responsible if your kid won't go to school. I don't give a fuck if it's hard or not. It's still your responsibility. Yes, you are responsible. That's your little, your, the, the little Terrio who's been terrorizing niggas from the fifth grade grows up you know he's in the gang you know he got fucking face tattoos and you didn't do it you didn't do enough right. to make him and you, stop and you keep saying you didn't do enough and what i'm saying is you have to do and that's why it I wasn't think enough we're not whatever you whatever you're we're not responsible disagreeing because at the end of the day it's a human being like just because you're a parent don't mean that your child gonna change if, if you, you ask him to if you're gonna be I'm, responsible or you're not gonna be responsible you're responsible, no, it's black you're responsible for not putting your child in harm's way that's what you're really responsible for you're responsible for not putting your child in harm's way anything that they put themselves in front of they are responsible for and if you're going to charge them for involuntary manslaughter cool but when they come in the court you, and they you talk don't, about you the don't, facts you don't really mean that you're a father of a daughter right you're a lot more responsible than not putting her in harm's way there's a lot more that falls on your plate as a father of a daughter so, beyond just not putting her in harm's way alright so explain go deeper into that I got daughters too okay now yeah, I'm not going to put them in harm's way, but I'm also responsible. So, okay, so let's take it like this. So you you basically saying like we great fathers, right? And if your I daughter hope so. Yeah, we are. If your daughter come home pregnant, you would feel like that was your that was your fault that she didn't listen to what you said. I don't feel like it's my fault because people make individual decisions. And which is what I just said. Your son, you was giving him the help you needed. He 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 was supposed to get, but his individual decision to not take the the help that you gave him but, was the reason why he did what he did. See, but G, not because you didn't take everything that we found out about this particular case happened from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. Right. So you're gonna take three days, and now we just assume we know exactly what's been going on in this entire fucking house. The uh, gun was just bought on a Friday. By Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we like, yo, they didn't do whatever, whatever. So the, the like gun we was don't... bought on a Friday the same day he had it on Instagram. Then he got in trouble about a day or two later for drawing the pictures. Then you went back on Instagram the day after that and said, I'm shooting that bitch up. Then the morning So you, of, so, so your assumption of, is and I'm your saying assumption, there's a there's a, a time a linear timeline. Right, but your assumption broken. is that the parents knew he was posting online saying I'm going to shoot people. I'm not saying because I can almost guarantee I'm not they did. They knew, but what I'm saying is, if my daughter is posting on Instagram, I know. Well, that's you specifically. There's millions of people who don't know and what I'm saying. What their parents take, is that I are take good the parents. responsibility and stand and hold myself accountable for trying to do as much as I can possible that I can control. I can't control everything. I can't. I can't watch her 24 seven. But the things but, that so, I can. So, G, you would you would fall under that same guy. So look, that baby that baby take. Look, a nine to school and shoot four of classmates. If my, if my son you going was, to jail, if my, my nigga. son was Ethan Crumbly, right? And he had a regular Instagram account and a burner account. And on the regular account that I know about, there was no guns on that. Bro, how the fuck did I say he was about to your, take his guns? Your, your daughter could have an account and she posting Jordans every day, my nigga. Right. If she take your pistol to school and shoot for her classmates, you so, going to jail. I, now, but, hold on. Now, I know, hold on. Now, I know personally how you feel. Like, hey, if, I did everything. If, but look, the responsibility, whether my, you did a good job or not, is still my, yours. Look, if my daughter goes to school with my pistol and shoots four people, I don't want to go to prison, but I wouldn't. 
I would understand if they charged me with a crime. Now, of course, I would go spend as much money as I can to get the best lawyer and be like, yo, it's not my fault. But I will understand why, because here I am preaching that we should keep the guns locked up and the kids should get to them. Woo-woo. And I leave the gun within fucking reach of the child. Well, we not, we not saying shit. we don't understand. What I'm saying is I'm perfectly fine if we're going to charge the parents. Right. But let's not be selective when we want to charge the parents, because a lot of more, a lot more murders, deaths and kills happen in our neighborhoods by people that we know is going to murder, shoot and kill. I just don't think like when they was putting people in jail for truant, like kids being truant, like I just it's thought your responsibility that was, as a parent to make sure your son or daughter go to school. I just thought I don't that was like, how hard it is. It's I just your responsibility. That was, the, that was the biggest, dumbest thing to ever happen, because if you, if you put my parent in school, I mean, in, in jail Monday. How the fuck am I supposed to get to school Tuesday through Friday? Well, you ain't going anyway. Hold on, wait. My grandma's supposed to magically... That's that's assuming that my grandma is alive or granddaddy or somebody else that loves me. I'm just supposed to magically just have a relative take over? Let me tell you from from experience, nigga. My mama was dropping me off at Cass. I was walking through the the school, out through the back door. And I was doing it quite often. When she got when she got wind of that shit from calls from cash, she was responsible, right? She did what the fuck she was supposed to do, which is get on your ass and say, "Boy, you know, goddamn well that's not what I raised your ass to do." And this is the consequences, right? And right what if and what if he kept doing the same thing? It's his individual decision. Well, like he said earlier, it was the white boy in this decision to go shoot up the but, kid. But the if, I'd, if I'd have kept doing it, if I'd have missed five more now, days, had your mom pulled up to the school and you was like, I don't feel like going to school. And she said, uh, you're right. And pulled off. She's contrib- She's actively contributing yo, to you being irresponsible. Listen, your action or inaction is still the same difference, my nigga. Your responsibility is for your kid to be in school. I don't give a fuck how clever your kid is, how, how, how clever he tricked you, how many conversations you have is your responsibility as a parent to make sure that they there. And if continually your son or daughter still doesn't go, we got to hold you responsible well, because there's a reason your kid ain't listening to you well, as yeah, a parent because, and standing. Because he's an individual. It's like, this is the reason why people go to jail. Like, this is the reason why people will be like, yo, I, re- I was raised in church my whole life and then they turn 18 and they go join a gang and start shooting niggas like that. That wasn't your mama's fault. That was your fault. You an adult. You an adult then. <laughs> you before then. Yeah, it was your you fault. Go, you going to jail, my nigga. I'll see you there. Listen, I might have to do whether some time whether it whether it takes a lot or takes a little, whether you did a really good job or you did a poor job, the responsibility is still yours. Like if I tell you tomorrow I need you five hundred dollars because you owe me five hundred dollars, I don't give a fuck how difficult it is for you to get my money. I don't care how easy it is. The responsibility is give me my fucking money on this time. So if the get if, it in blood. If the if the if the the responsibility is get your fucking kid here and have him stay all day, well, fuck it. Maybe you gonna have to sit there fucking all day with him. Then I don't I mean, fucking that's care. Cool, but then you'll probably be the same person complaining about taxes going up for all the people that got to stay home and they got to give them a tax credit for not going to work. Look, man, we can't to... we can't pick and choose when we want to hold parents responsible. No, it's saying, a tough no, job. Look, this is what it is when you got when you hold parents responsible as a society. You're basically it. The institutions cave to what the society, what they should. They cave to what society is supposed to need. Like how Biden gave us tax credits because everybody with, with this COVID shit didn't know how to get their kids in daycare. They was like, okay, to counteract that, we're going to give you all some money. Now, if that happens when my son can't go to school, I need some money so I can stay home. That's going to be part of our society for now. Or, or maybe that might taxes. be what your child needs. Like, that's nigga, what I'm saying. When it's Deborah Bradley be- found out I was skip, I had skipped Spanish 20 times, right. nigga, I see, came into class one day and she was sitting in a seat. Here's a perfect example, right? All right, COVID shut down and kids had to be homeschooled. Right. And you got you to gotta go to work. Like, Do you nigga, know what happened? What, what, listen, 
it's still your responsibility right. for your kid to go to school. Every, Figure it out. Everybody stay home and got what? They got stimulus checks and they got they got tax credit checks. They made they the, the government actually for once in their lifetime came in and said, "Hey, we see what's actively going on. We gonna help." Listen, that never happens. When do you ever get checks? If we from the gonna government? hold parents accountable. Let's just hold them accountable across the board. If we gonna just hold them single... accountable, I said give them the resources. If you give them the resources, then everything should work out. If you got it, you jail, my nigga. I, I might. What's I the might. resources they gave his white family? Well, no, they said go seek resources. From where? From the counselor, from <laughs> the people who's supposed to talk you out of shit like all, that. All I hear is I, all I hear is more jail. I mean, shit. When, the responsibility if, if you is leave, yours, man. If you leave a gun out, somebody I, I going agree. to jail tonight. Somebody's going to jail tonight. No, but I think that's going to really be a. Those cases will come up in the future more often. I think it's going to be case by case. You're going to see some people go to jail for it. And you're going to see some people walk free that's like not, that. That's not justice either, dog. And me setting an example for other people, that's not blind justice. That's me specifically saying, I'm going to do you worst so other people won't do this. I think it's that's not always, justice being blind. I think it's always going to come down to case by case. And justice can be case by case. If I, if I pick up a gun and shoot you, right, for no reason, justice will get served. If they say, bro, you was wrong. But if I pick up a gun and shoot you for this reason because you tried to attack me, they're going to say justice was served because you killed him and we let you walk. Justice but if, will you always... pick, if you pick up the gun, shoot him for no reason, you get your justice. I pick up a gun, shoot somebody for no reason, and my case is handled different. That's not justice. Every case is case by case, though. And they always use case law to re- go back and refer to and look at the language and how the case was judged by the previous judge. Some judges overturn it and some keep it. Like everything is always case by case. That's why they always appeal it because they I come back to, and say, "I need you to, I need you to pick a side. Either a parents gonna be responsible or they're not gonna be responsible." I have my side. You just don't like the way I present it. You going back and forth? I'm not. I'm saying that if you actively contribute to your kid doing wrong, yes, you should go to jail. But if you're actively being responsible, then no, you shouldn't. That's my side. That sound like you got a deadline. Look, it was real tough. I tried to do it. I I couldn't I couldn't no, make the deadline, no, no, but no. I should get credit it's because a, I tried. It sounds like you should have had the gun locked up. That's exactly what it sounds like. And if he picked the lock, that's on him, not you. All right. So what about when little Tay Tay down the street, who's been a terrorist for his whole life, shoot up your block? I, I answered that question. Have you actively been trying to get him help? Yeah. Okay. Then it's not your fault. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> you can lead a horse. Fault. You can lead a horse to water. Yeah. You lead a horse to that's water. That's what they're gonna say. I tried. I tried. Ma'am, did you get a help? I did. He been the council. Ain't no. It's do or not. You gotta do. Do or not do. There is no try. Either you did or you didn't. You did. If the young nigga, if, if the young nigga listened to the new Alum, Illuminati G album and he decided to load up and go shoot up a school, well, that's not gonna happen because I didn't push that. I, pur- I purposely didn't push that shit because I know I, for these conversations like this, and they be like, "You niggas out there contributing all this bullshit to keep." Not I. So Not t- I. I didn't so kill you, nobody. Tell me so tell what you about the album. Tell me what you've learned this far. What I learned this far is <laughs> that this is a crazy fucking world. Number one. Uh, number two, you really got to worry about the shit that you can control and not the shit that you can't control because honestly, you'll drive yourself crazy. Uh, number three, death really shapes us all. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it really could be like you can. It's kind of like a like a boiling pot of water. Like if you put coffee beans in there you're gonna get a nice roast you know what i'm saying if you put a potato in there it's gonna make it soft you know what i'm saying like it's up to how you. you react to the same situation it's up to you same situation however you react to it also see that the shit that these kids is chasing even these adults is chasing like it ain't it don't last it's not it's not something that's meant to last it's it's, it's fast money fast life fast living and people was getting into it thinking that they're gonna be 
10, 20 years, oh, I'm going to have this. I'm gonna, it's not. It's going to come just and leave just as fast as it, as it came. You feel me? So if you was hot for two years, you probably you probably been, if you was on top for three years, they probably spent a year and a half indicting you. So by the time that fourth year comes, they've already got enough evidence to put you away for 20. You know what I'm saying? It's, now, it's, now it's G, when, I, when I ask you what you learned this far. I, I was really throwing you the alley oop because the title of your album. Is I, that's, that's, no, but look, that <laughs> yeah. was the oop because that's really what the album was about. It really was about like life for real, not the life that they that niggas put out there that they're not really living. Everything Thanks. I rapped about in that motherfucker, I really, I really yeah. live. Blessing with the bag. Uh, when I said I ain't, the phone phone turned off, he was about to get cut off. That shit was real. I wrote that shit at a time when my phone was really about to get cut off. And you feel me like DTE was on my ass. Man, to give y'all some back uh some background, uh G is also one of the co hosts or the host of uh What the Fuck Did I Miss podcast. Uh and what was the other podcast? Uh before y'all changed the name. All bullshit. All bullshit considered. Uh as well as uh What the Fuck Did I Miss. Um I just I did a guest spot like on every episode, but it's a Illuminati G uh Aunt P and um Don. Uh Donnie Don uh Don. podcast. And so we have these lively uh conversations like For sure. quite a bit. All the time. We're like two attorneys like sitting here <laughs> trying to vet, vet our theories at each other uh, like I'm gonna scare You know, still sharp still <laughs> sharp and still, you know what I'm saying? Uh and I love I mean that podcast Jay argue with anything. Jay will argue with the rock if it will argue you back have with to, him. Because well, it, see, it's not even about arguing. Sometimes I want to I want to flush the whole idea out and yeah. I think it's more about the the, the 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 answers that you give is don't really matter if they're right or wrong. You just want to see where everybody Both gets. sides of it. Like I think every argument to a certain extent needs a uh it's on some on some lawyer shit, like right. So the defense is like, no, I got to make sure that mm-hmm. the prosecution proved their case. So you know what I'm saying, like, so whatever the the, the theory or the whatever it is, I, they both got to have a clear side so somebody can make an informed decision. Because I don't like. I was definitely a lawyer cross examining, saying, "Now, ma'am, did you get your son help?" Like, I don't after- want people to listen to <laughs> say some think some. Because I said something, just assume that it's right. No, yeah. hear the other side, and you make an informed decision. I don't want niggas just to agree with me because. Now I feel I feel I think less of you because like yeah. what you just gonna do what I tell you to do like <laughs> yeah. I, feel like, I feel like every yeah. every every song I got on my album really kind of is like you should, you, should, you should think twice about that like I got a song called Too Hot you know what I'm saying and the hook is kind of like it's really interlude it's like what I, what you got to do to reach the top pray to God you you ball hard before they try to take you out better leave the streets alone doggy bone they too hot you don't want to be wrapped up in a foil on a cot like you feel me like yeah. that's really like before i even started rapping like that was already the premise of the song like nigga do you really want to go out there and do this and be fucking around and end up looking at prison time like i think wallow said some real interesting shit when he said he went to prison and then his og asked him like how many minutes he was like what the fuck you talking about and he was like how many minutes how many minutes did it take you to get all these years and he was like i thought about it and added up he was like damn it took me like eight minutes to get 20 years Mm. <laughs> like damn man we be we we say something similar we kind of be like listen uh on friday night when you off a little sauce avoid the bookings niggas <laughs> niggas step on your shoes and you shoot the fucking club up because at that particular moment it sounded like a good idea monday morning when you sober and you front of the judge and they say so mr uh johnson uh he stepped on your air force ones and you began to shoot the entire 
Like that shit sounds fucking wild. It's even worse when they read thirteen charges that came from that one shot you fired off. You like, wait a minute, wait. <laughs> I did what? Yeah. Brandishing the firearm, Brand- shooting the firearm, having the firearm in reckless in reckless abandonment, like having a firearm in a club. Fel- felony firearm just for having a firearm, committing the felony. Like, damn, let's fire charges in before you even say I was shooting anybody. Like, we, we, yeah. it's, it's like five firearm charges. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting out of this. I'm copping. I'm copping the plea. Uh, what's interesting? Take, uh, you never cop. Take it to trial. Okay. Never cop. <laughs> I'm doing a dash, my nigga. <laughs> I but that's just I call, me. I call cases. I copped out. Does that make me a quitter? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, interesting thing about G. Uh, before I actually met G. Uh, I actually was familiar with his music. Uh, I think Stack had posted some shit a while ago. Um, was like, yo, listen to my man music or some shit. It was on Instagram, like before Instagram changed. Yeah, it was like 2015 it for sure. Yeah, 2015. Um, and I, I, I took a listen to shit and I kind of fuck with this shit. And it was years later when, uh, matter of fact, the very first studio. So niggas been down since, uh, long time. Yeah. Long time. Since day yeah. one and shit. So, uh, I was familiar with the music before. Uh, and then I got familiar with the actual person, you know what I'm saying, through through the podcast over the last, I don't know, what, four years or so, four or five years, four years yeah. 2017. Um, and just understanding how people think and then it kind of make you appreciate, you know what I'm saying, the music or what have you. I like what y'all do as a collective that, you know, y'all keep everything in-house, It'd be the production, the engineering, yeah. you all, all work together, everything comes out cohesively and what niggas really miss sometimes with their albums or their projects is that cohe that cohesive sound. When I've heard your projects, Andretti's, Matt P, like everything is a cohesive sound because you all use the same formula really right. for every album. Uh you and Polo uh joint. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? See, like it, it, it it's fun working with everybody because everybody really it's like Wu Tang. Everybody on the same page, yeah. So it's not really hard to do anything. Like I don't have to. I don't have to kick no nigga in the ass and say, "Come on, bro, we got to rap. We rappers. So come on, bro, we got to produce." Like niggas is really like, but y'all on the day, like y'all pulling up at the studio. Like niggas really want to be able to create and do shit. But I think the biggest thing that gives that gives me gratification from us is, um, I feel like I we was able to me and Hunter was able to give everybody a way to be independent independent and self-sufficient in terms of creativity like um when my when my homeboy uh when mikey mikey first started rapping uh with us he was just strictly doing rap you know what i'm saying but then he slowly learned how to produce and make beats which he taking off with now and then he learned how to engineer as well because i was like bro like record me real quick like i didn't want to record myself so but he was eager to learn so now he can record and produce any rap you know what i'm saying so he becomes a triple threat now like now you got the tools to take over the game even if you can't make it with rap and the same thing with polo polo wasn't producing at all when i first met him like he didn't have a computer to fuck with or none of that shit and within a year of just me teaching him little shit and him watching me like he was able to make beats for himself and stuff that sounded good enough for people to rap on so yeah yeah, it just it, op- it opened up the lane for everybody. Um, I I really try to take this album and kind of just use everything I learned f- musically wise too, like as far as sonically how I put it together, um, from doing the sequence and the tracks, um, the features, uh, you know, kind of just drilling home a certain theme for the album. I didn't want to take you know two hundred songs and pick the best twenty. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think. There's nothing wrong with that, but in terms of like old school from the era that we from, you know, you 
you want the album to mean something. So you kind of stick to a thing, even if you got to have filler or interludes or whatever the case might be. And that's what I think I did. I just, I, I was able to be creative as I wanted to use as many effects and voices as I wanted to. And, uh, I actually didn't even use a lot of samples on this uh, album. I think I, I think I only sampled one song on this album. You know, interludes and, you know, skits and things of that nature. That's, that's, that's a lost art. Yeah. Almost. But that's, you know, when I look at some of my favorite albums, some of my favorite projects includes, in, include interludes that are just, Hit, hidden they songs. are part of, yeah, yeah. they are part of, hidden, like, yeah, definitely hidden songs. They part of the I album. I love that shit, yep. dog. Like, and like, if you're a nigga that keep hitting the hit next, like you're yeah. going to miss out. You're going to miss it. That's why at the end of my songs, if you, if you listen to some of them, like they'll switch. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a second beat might might have came on, or sometimes I'll just try to end it like slightly different so it'll flow into something else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I kinda like I don't want you to really skip anything. Like I want everything to kind of flow to where you at the point where you so on the edge of your seat. But how you yeah. mentioned with like the sequence, and that's where that that's where those things come in and that's important, that attention to mm-hmm. detail, because that's the difference of making it like all right, I got these 16 songs. I'm just trying to get people to to listen to. No, I got a cohesive project. Right. And when you listen to this, you need to be in your car ride. You For need real. to be in your house smoking and vibing. Like exactly. you need to. And that's exactly you need how to I digest this this different. I mean, that's how I listen to the album yeah. for the first time. I, you know, I'm in the house. Yep. You know, on a Saturday. You know, I got the game on. I got the music yeah. playing in the let background. Me, let me borrow I'm, 40 minutes of your I, time. I'm smoking, and I'm because because I feel you know. I do come from a different era where, you know, when I got an album, I crack it open. I read the linear notes. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the pictures. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at the whole total package and I'm enjoying the album. I remember that feeling of the first time I cracked over, cracked open for, you know, Iron Man or something like that. Like I remember looking through it, reading the lyrics and and listening to the album because that shit was important to me. Or not folding up that paper too much to where you smudging out the ink over time. Absolutely. (laughs) But but the album was a complete project. And I understood like, you know, back when I was buying albums on cassette, you can't skip to the next song. Right. You got to listen to them. Did y'all did y'all have the uh, the CD version of Life After Death? I did. Uh, like after the last song on the album, if you let that bitch play, there was an interview with Biggie after this fucking CD. I remember that. Um, and you have, I guess you technically have to have like a, I only, I was only able to listen to it in my car at the same time. I guess you had to have a CD player that keep spinning or whatever. Yeah. But there was a, that whole interview was like when he was, he was really heavy. Uh, <laughs> so I guess this was like right after the, the car accident and shit. Yeah. He was talking about more, more money, more problems, the whole nine yards and shit like that's the type of shit that, and it's not on where, it's nowhere on the CD that says, yo, a minute and a half after this shit go off, it's going to yeah. be dead air. And then you about to hear a biggie fucking interview. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that be the shit that I, that I, that I enjoy. I mean, I, I used have, to have enhanced CDs. Right. I mean, <laughs> like I, like even on the last song of the project, like, um, it's really like a good minute and a half of just a sample playing with drums. And then you, and in the middle of the song, it finally comes to where I do a verse, but the verse is probably like maybe 12 bars, maybe eight, maybe 12. And then that's it. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, you really had to actually sit there and get through a minute and a half of the instrumental before you even heard me rap. So it was kind of like, shit, if you didn't, if you didn't listen and then y'all was talking about the album in the room with somebody else who listened to it and they started talking about that song, you'd be like, wait, wait, what song was that? Oh, that was a, 
He rapped on that? I thought that shit was just the outro or something. Like, no, yeah, go back and listen, bro. Like, and it gives it like replay value. I appreciate those type of things about an album because it's, you know, I look when I when I look for artists or when I listen to artists because so much music gets thrown at J and I, or at least I can speak for myself. A lot of people throw music at me like I'm not, you know, I can't, I can't I'm not an A and R. I can't, I can't help your career. I can't put this in some <laughs> label's hands. I mean, I appreciate that you listen to my podcast, Thanks. but I, I can't. You know, if you're looking for me to help you advance your career, <laughs> I'm not it. I, I, can do, say, I do one music pick a week. Yeah. That's that's as far as it goes. There are cool people that listen to this podcast are connected, but like I can't make them. Yeah. See the evil the evil mind in me so you should charge some niggas ten dollars to play a song on the thing. Like, now, it's like now, I can't do shit now for you. Now I'll be honest, not to toot my own horn, like, you know, we are in some very elite circles where, you know, I could I could probably pass something off if it felt good if it was good enough. <laughs> I mean, I was pressing for, you know, in our in our in, our, in the conversation we had, had the other yesterday. Day, I was pressing for a couple for artists we was artist. pressing for, yeah. And when we get on the live mic, I'm still gonna press for that artist because I think they got an incredible run this year. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna still press when we get on the live live. And we and we had and we we can make some influence, but like, you know, Johnny B rapper from from Schoolcraft. Like, first of all, my nigga, like, this shit isn't even mixed. It's not mixed or mastered. I don't know what you want me. I don't know what you want me to do with it. Secondly, like, look, it's it's really I don't I don't never what you say. You don't never want to be the villain in somebody's origin story. I don't want to be the nigga that be like, look, my nigga, this shit really ain't that good. Because if you listen to early shit that I've recorded, no, was it fucking that good? Hell no. Them raps was terrible. If you listen to early shit niggas record, it's just not that good. Sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta continue to work on your craft. What's so funny is you can listen to back to some old shit you recorded that didn't sound so good and say them same raps over better and that shit be like, Yo, why this shit I wrote twenty years ago still sound with a better beat? And you just get you 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 better as an artist. You know All what right, I'm saying? Look, some of the songs on there, I say probably like five of them. They 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 like four years old, right? But the whole time that I've been having this album on the back burner, you know, switching songs in and out, some of them songs really just stood the test of time. Yeah. Like blessing with the bag was like 2016, maybe the end of 2016. And when you attack it now, after four years it's of rapping and relevant. knowing that's, but after four years of rapping and knowing that song, how it sounds today yeah. is probably completely different than when you first rapped it. When I first rapped it, I, it was like almost like a, it was like a, it was like therapy for me. Cause it was like, here's something to hold on to and be positive about. Like, maybe yeah. I've seen this song enough. Like, shit has so just happened. You manifested it. I did so in we, a way. It was just God stirred the pot slower than I thought he would. That's all. When I was at the session listening to the project and shit, I was jotting down some notes and shit. I meant to send it. Thanks for inviting both of us. Um, I said, bring Dame. I definitely tell him to bring Dame. And he said, I'll try. Yeah. I actually, he was not. Available. Yeah, so you wasn't whatever he said. So it was, it Um. It was on. It was on the east side too. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, so, it's <laughs> deep east, actually. Um, Did you get the stink off of you? <laughs> yeah, I, did. I made it off. Uh, but what I was, what I, what I wanted to say is shit because a lot of the projects that you've uh, been working on have been up tempo, uh, like the joint you did with Polo. Uh, like they were up tempo, and they were they were they was all dope. But like on this project. Um, you was able to like everything just seemed a little bit more measured, crisp, and precise. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. It wasn't a double time flow. Like not, it's nothing wrong with a double time flow. You know what I'm saying? But everything was just more crisp, precise, yeah. 
it felt like I'm trying to get a message across. Most definitely. And you're going you're gonna to get these bars. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly um, what it was. And I, I noticed it and I appreciate it. It's like, all right, you can, it was introspective. You know I, what I'm saying? I had a lot of double entendre. Shout out to Jay-Z because when he felt, when I when he said I, I quit rap and then he came back and started rapping, he took off trying to fit a million words in there, but he made every line make you think twice. Like, it's like, a, it's like, like 50% of the bars that I had in there that you probably think were memorable, you could have thought about them in more than one way. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really go back and listen to it, you'd be like, damn, Loki, he could have meant that too. Like, like I purposely kind of flip words. I like appreciate that. that type of writing because, you know, artists that don't waste bars mm-hmm. tend to be some of my favorites. Somebody told me, I forgot what rapper it was. I was looking at the interview and they said that Scarface was one of the people who started originally doing like anagram raps where he was taking some saying like, uh, I'm eating the Sour Patch. I grew watermelons in the Sour Patch. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like t- two different meanings for the same, even though you're not really rhyming a different word, you're using different meaning for the same word yeah. and kind of rapping it different. And I did a lot of that on, on, on my project before I Hove kind of, do it. You see Kendrick do it all yeah. the time. Like you just Which is why I like doing it because it's kind of like a sign of, you know. Yeah, you rarely see it in music. I see it because I'm, I'm a giant battle rap fan. And because they don't have a, a beat. Like literally or they like he can say three sentences the exact same way mm-hmm. and they have a, like I can say the same sentence and be like yo this is kind of wild. I can say the same sentence. I can say the same sentence in 20 years. I can say the same sentence. Like, and it'd be like, damn, low key, all three of them bars was, the visit was sweet. Yeah, and, yeah. and like, it may seem something innocuous, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yo, he, this, this shit, it had two different fucking meanings. Mm-hmm. Daylight's verses just be so layered. They yeah. all be, even when I see, even when you catch them freestyling, like, it's so many different layers to those verses. Um. So wh- why does this pro program? Why does album uh project called what I learned so far? Uh. So my grandma. All right. Funny story, right? Um. I wasn't really planning on having the son at the age that I had him at. Um. He happened, right? And you fucking raw. Fucking raw. Fucking raw. Fucking raw. Man, you know the rules. Okay. So later on, <laughs> like we flash forward to January, and we had the baby shower. Grandma comes. My grandma helped raise me for the most part. My grandma and granddaddy, you know, they was like an instrumental, like second mom and dad. So um, my grandma comes to the baby shower and it's like the end of January, like January 28th or something like that. Um, G is born February 15th. She comes to see the baby. Then maybe in the end of March, she gets like a, a weird cold, you know, like a flu or something. You know, we're like, all right, grandma, keep Keep tabs on you, but hopefully you be all right. So it took her a little longer than she usually do to get over her stuff, and then it just lingered, and that turned into well, we got to take you to the doctor, which turned into she's dehydrated, which turned into she's something wrong with her liver. And okay, so we took her in March. She had passed by October, right? Mm. So my son just got enough time to get in there and take some pictures in her arms, talk to her, her get to know him. He still remembers her, even though he was only like six months. You know what I'm saying? He can still give. Accurate details, crazy as hell. But um, I I think I had my son when I had my son because had I not had him, I only had a six month window to have him yeah. to meet my grandma. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, damn, God kind of worked for a reason. But with the loss of my grandma, came me basically like I had to plan her funeral and all that. But then I had to take over the crib, so I had to pay all the taxes. You know, help 
get it fixed back up. So you know what I'm saying? All the stuff that she was neglecting and um and I had to take care of my pop too. Like he had started suffering dementia and he, he was dealing with depression real bad for the first year and a half, two years after she passed. So I really couldn't even work a real job. Like I had to do the studio during the day and then try to work midnights or try to do little five to six hour odd jobs here and there just to keep the lights on and then make sure I can be at home with him because he was getting to the point where um, he was leaving the house. He didn't know his name. He couldn't write his name. You know, yeah. Wasn't aware of space and time and stuff like that. So it was just a rough period. And I, I didn't want to give him to a nursing home right away because I knew once he go in there, he was going to decline like ASAP. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was probably going to have like a year's time. So I tried to hold on to him as long as I could. And in the midst of that, you know, I just went through a lot of stuff with life. Like then my mom, uh, my mother-in-law, she had went on a decline before she passed. And my wife had to take care of her. So we was taking care of two parents in the house where both of us couldn't really work. Still had to get the kids everywhere. Still had to get the car, no pay, the bills and stuff. So just a lot of shit going on. You know what I'm saying? For that that span. And if you look on the album cover, it's on the bottom of the book bind, bind uh, part, the spine of the book, it said from 2015 to 2021. Because that really was like the the most struggle point of life for real for me like from the time where the shit feel like it came crumbling down to up to now where it feel like I'm you know I'm rebuilding and picking up the pieces and shit so um it it really was just a culmination of all the shit that you can really run into on the streets and in regular life you know what I'm saying I addressed everything from not making the wrong decision on the street to being a better husband to your wife to actually giving a fuck about your kids you know what I'm saying like to actually, you know, chasing the dream, um, just being honest. Yeah, there's not like a lot of honesty in music. Like I know everybody like to hear people stunting I'm a real and shit. Nigga. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like, how many people really relate to what's going on in them raps? You think you relate to them raps, but you don't relate to them raps because the nigga that's rapping about it usually don't relate to them raps. So it's kind of like you, you just feel good about somebody saying things that you that want you to wish do. you can say, that you wish you can do, and wish you could say, but. I just decided to say, okay, well, if it's 90 niggas doing that, I'll be number 91 doing this. So at least you have somebody to listen to when you don't, you know what I'm saying, want to be on no fuck shit. Um, but I just tried to make it entertaining. So I wouldn't be like beating you over the head um, with just knowledge and telling you that you a whole ass. I'm Bill Cosby and you for wearing Jordan. It's like, no, I want to make it so it's like when you listen to it, you kind of feel like. You can relate, like you, you know. Hit him with that, hey, young blood. Yeah, hey, young blood. Come here, let me let me tell you what I learned so far. Hey, hey, man, say, man, let me give you a little verse or two right quick before you go on to school. Like, yeah, like I do. Say, say, sucker. Uh, but somebody did tell me that a few years ago. I can't remember. I think it was uh, Pilot Life Ross. She told me like, uh, you got a real like, um, like a teachy type way about you. Like when you rap, like you you be teaching, and you, he was like, you should roll with that. And I was like, good looking, because I usually always tried to roll with that, even when I used to rap younger, like even when I used to dibble and dabble and shooting niggas and being Mr. Weed Man and shit like that. Like, I still kind of wanted to find a way to make something uh, memorable. That's Preach just, the truth to the young black yeah, youth. That's all. I just I just wanted to make something that if when you listen to it, I wasn't the reason why you did no bullshit. I wanted yeah. to be the reason why y'all had success, success stories and not the reason why y'all went to jail or got amped up to do something to make y'all go to jail. So that that was really my whole thing. G is not making drive-by music. I'm not. I'm not. Now, af- is- after you do the drive-by, if you want to reconcile with yourself. <laughs> you want to feel bad <laughs> about the decisions you just made. <laughs> you want to feel better. You want to feel better about it. I help you. <laughs> uh, where does rap name come from? Uh, All right. So. Are you a part of the Illuminati? 
No, because all right, so people are like, oh, you're the Illuminati. Like, well, first of all, that group of people did not give themselves the name Illuminati. That's just something that we gave them. That's what Illuminati person would say. <sighs> no, that's more like <laughs> the Illuminati. It doesn't exist. That's just something that people think. You know, but it, it is a group of elite people running the world. I mean, that's not really something that I don't you, think that's a secret. Yeah, it's not a secret. You know what I'm saying? If you don't, if you choose not to believe that, that's just on you. That just kind of tells me what kind of person you are. But that's neither here nor there. Um. Uh, so back in 2006, my sister got a DVD about the hip hop being a devil or some shit like that, yeah, right? Yeah, you were, you yeah. were pastor somebody Craig or some sure. shit. And he did this. That nigga was right. <laughs> he, he was like a motherfucker. Him and C. Dolores Tucker was right than a motherfucker, by the way. So he did this one segment on backmasking where they put messages in music and you don't hear them unless you spin the music backwards. And he gave all these crazy examples that was so fucking weird and Probably true. Probably bone. Uh, it was Bone. It was like three six. It was a uh, another one. Price <laughs> the, yeah, that, that ooh, shit yeah, was like I sure. smoke weed when you play it backwards. Like the Beatles, the great album that Jay Z had. Um, he we went extensively in on Jay Z, but that's when I started looking up backmasking on the internet. And we had dial up too, so I had to wait till you know it was nighttime and when nobody was calling. Like yeah, that. you know I had to go look up shit, and I started really getting interested. And I used to blog about that shit. Um, I, uh, it was a site called Zanga. I used to blog about right. that shit. Yeah. I was I used to fuck with Zanga. Well, I just found my archive and I went back in there. Damn, I must. I still got. I gotta have a, a Zanga. And I, I blogged on Hurricane Katrina, and I looked. The day that I went back to find the logs was the hurricane, whatever that just passed. And it, was like a, it was like a day after that or whatever. Mm. So it was just funny to see, like, oh, 10 years ago, this is where I was at, or 20 years ago, rather, or whatever year it was, but um, 15. Um, but I, uh, then what were we talking about? The <laughs> How you got the name? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just started looking up a lot of stuff about, you know, like elitists and stuff. And I, I just really, I really got into it. And then um, one day when Prodigy came home from jail, this is like 2000, maybe like 10 or nine, he wrote a book called My Infamous Life, and he was in there talking about how he was talking about the Illuminati back in like 95 and 94 and 96, and he was one of the first rappers to mention it, and woo woo woo. And I was like, oh, that's dope. Now I gotta go back and figure out what the fuck he was talking about. And then he finally got on Twitter, and he started trolling niggas one day, like, yeah, yeah, you know, y'all can call me Illuminati P, you know what I'm saying? I told y'all niggas woo woo woo. And I was like, Oh, he, he he trolling like a motherfucker. This niggas is mad. Niggas is like, oh, you Illuminati now. You know what I'm saying? I, I like the response that he had got from that. So I was like, well, he ain't going to use it. <laughs> I'll use it. Like Illuminati G. But it wasn't a rap name at first. It really was just a Twitter name. Okay. Like I hadn't decided on rap, the rap name being that yet because I had gave up on rap at that time when I had transitioned into just learning how to produce so that eventually I could come a producer because it... When I had quit rap, it was because, like, I didn't see a future in it because we were still pressing up CDs and shit like that. Like, you know, and then, like, a year after I gave up rap, it was like, oh, you can put your music on iTunes for free. And then it was like, oh, well, all right, well, let's reboot this shit then. Like, all right, I'm cool with that. Now I'm just going to make my own that beats. That shit is not cheap, my nigga. <laughs> all that artwork and pressing up CDs. Everybody want everybody Look, get man, paid. Guitar Center and sold niggas Mo Dreams. Man. Then any Disc makers and, uh, and that's why when I hear people like, oh, Ludacris sold 100000 on the back of his trunk. Like, dog, that's that's a lot of pressing up you did. Like, what, what was your original count that you started with? 500? Like, you know, did you never spend the money? You just kept saving it? Like, who ever saves all the money that they make from an endeavor that they have that's supposed to make them? Niggas that? don't understand. 
like it's like trying to tell somebody about dinosaurs. You don't understand what the, the grind yeah, the was. Grind. You, had to, you had to pay a nigga to do your artwork for you. Yes. And not like and he digital. He had to actually do it. He drew it and you Xeroxed it. I used to. I and used then to, somebody had to vector it so it fit. Yep. And then somebody, you got to print them bitches I out. Used to, I used you to, get to the fucking, CD. Uh, my uncle had a, a demo called The Renaissance that somebody hand drew out and he had to dub it on tape and put the shit in the, you know, the, in the cassette. And he had me in charge of that shit one day. I, I, I think I did like 30 30 tapes for him that day and put them all in the look my nigga when i bought a seat i was rapping with a clique of niggas shout out to my nigga mo dirt he was in the clique my nigga fats who passed unfortunately a few years ago and i bought the cd burner i spent the 200 dollars. we were supposed to get varsity jackets with our names on it my nigga bought a cd burner with my money and was like yo when we get the jackets we just gonna take care of you jackets were never purchased but we (laughs) used the fuck out that cd burner (laughs) for real that burner we rode that burner for probably like four years before and this shit is crazy because you got to buy you know the hundred spindles and you got to buy the thing to press the cd label on the cd if you want to have it professional now look and just literally within the year of me saying fuck rap because this shit ain't feasible or practical you gotta be a drug dealer to do this shit right that shit was like no come back man put your shit out for free we got you I remember I used to do shows and I would press up 20 CDs for a show and you nigga 20 mad. CDs would take me all fucking day man and you would be mad if you didn't if you sold out of them 20 and didn't have more you also be mad if you only sold like three or four because it's like bro I got this product here that I spent a lot of money pressing up and you motherfuckers didn't buy it you know what I'm saying but now nah, I don't care if a nigga buy my music or not bro did you did you listen cool are you gonna buy into what I'm doing next cool like you really buying into the brand now um yeah, I, I just I just didn't want to be that nigga that was telling niggas to do something stupid. Yeah, I just want to be the one that was telling people this smart shit. Um, what I learned thus far is a fucking fire record. Introspective. You talk about your pops. You talk about your mom. I mean, your your your, your wife. The whole nine yards and shit. Which one of these songs did you shed some tears while you was writing any of this shit? Which one of these songs hit you while writing? Build you up. Okay. Um, honey gave me that beat. Probably ten to fourteen days before I turned the album all the all the way in, and he was like, "Hey, G, you, you is working on your album still, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "I got to be perfect for you." I'm like, "All right, bet. Send it to me. Send it to me." And usually, when Hunter do something like that, he let me hear beats. Like, what, for some reason, whatever the shit that he let me hear, I always write to it right away. Like, I can just hear it in my head. So when he sent me the shit, I was like, "Oh, I'm about." To, Hell yeah, nigga! But I, I think that song was written. and He gave it to me Saturday night. Uh, I woke up Saturday morning and probably like ten in the morning and was done with the song by eleven thirty. You know what I'm saying? Like it, writing it and recording it and all. Like it, it just spoke to me, and I like songs that speak to me because if I can just start writing right away, yeah, I don't want to sit there and force it. If I gotta force it, it ain't it. You can never pressure the pen. Yeah, you just gotta write it. So that's really my approach to song. That's why I said like I didn't make two hundred songs and pick twenty because. I just really was like, oh, this beat, that's it. That's that's one of the ones that go on the album. So let me sit here with this and write it. It's done. And I don't really have a lot of throwaways. I probably got like four songs I didn't use because they was all missing features, not even missing important shit like my verse. Man, it's a dope project, man. It's a it's a complete project, man. Um, thank you, thank you. I enjoy it. I've been spending it. Uh, I tried to mix and master some of it myself, too. I think uh, I mixed all of it. Asar master like nine songs out of 14 and i tried to master the other three the other four or five or whatever so 
I tried. I tried, y'all. If y'all hear something y'all like, and you're like, oh, this shit sound good in the speakers, let me know, because if I mix the master, <laughs> I need all the glory for that. <laughs> like, if, you say, if you hear something you like, Asar did it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now, G, as, as customary, when we have an artist on that's dropped a project or something recently, I make that my music pick of the week. Go ahead and introduce the song that you want the people to hear that's, good, that's a good representative of the album, and that will be our music pick for the week this week. Oh wow, man! Um, I know we had what, what we made. One of these joints was a music pick last week, actually. Um, uh, it was the second song on the album. Kind of music, yeah, yeah. Y'all fuck with that? All right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. Ugh, damn, it's gonna come down to two. It's either blessing with the bag or only one person, and I'm gonna probably roll with blessing with the bag because that's really something that I think everybody can relate to. Even if you were hustling ass nigga and you got yeah. all the drugs in the world, you probably started. Because you felt like how I felt when I made Blessing with the Bag. Look at that's damn near what I. <laughs> Blessing with the Bag, great pattern. I can see everybody playing this when they need to be blessed with the bag. For real. Like the, literally. I, the, that's it. That was literally what I wrote. When you see the video, when I eventually do it, you're going to be like, damn, it's right on par with what everybody was thinking. But it's just something that, shit, bro, you, if God, like, would you like to be blessed with a bag, bro? <laughs> uh, and do you think that if you said it enough times that it would fall in your lap? If you if you manifest it, I'm helping I'm everybody manifest. I am not even going to front. I got blessed with a bag today. See? Today. See? I opened up my mailbox and it was an unexpected check and I See? said it didn't came. See? And it come right on. You can roll, you can roll a blunt to this. Yeah, let's let this one ride out. In the streets, all money in the mailbox. Did you go OT? Did you say your prayers before you laid out of sleep? Did you get it off in time? The next morning, when you feel that heat, I know niggas get savage. Wake up in the morning, ain't got no heat. Phone turned off. Trying to figure what the fuck we gon' eat. Niggas do what they can. Keep the house straight. Keep the kids neat. Why you trying to figure out what you gon' do till this time next week? Hey, niggas stay tuned. I'm putting in work right now as we speak. Trying to ride it to the I think everybody can relate to that when you down you got a hundred dollars in your pocket and you know pay with payday a week and a half away, nigga. What the fuck you, you gonna to do? You, you owe AT and T a hundred. I'll tell you what I used to do, I used to get a ass sixteen, be like, I need two more weeks, you feel? <laughs> they used to be like, all right, and then I give them twenty and be like, I need another week. Man, you know, a couple weeks ago I came on here and I was like, I took an tough. L. Yeah. Man. Tough, tough. It came back around, man. I was blessed with the bag. I did not take the L that I thought I took. <laughs> For real. Sometimes, sometimes the bag could be a small victory, a series of small victories. You know, we always looking for the PPP type money to fall in. No, nah, man. Sometimes it just sometimes it just come three hundred dollars at the right time could be a a mood changer. For, for me, it could be a new laptop. For him, it can be a new microphone that sound crispier, a new a new mixer. It could be one small thing that just is. You know what I'm saying? And then Bless shit start the working. So yeah, that's that's why I really I really love it. and that that song is definitely about four years old. That's what's like up. I say, like I, I really made that when I was struggling like a motherfucker. So it it definitely hit. 
And we've all been in, we've all been in that struggle. And music is best when people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not superficial. It's real. And that's it's real. Why, uh, if you if you don't know struggle, you ain't live life. Yeah. And that's why I like I appreciate being a producer first because I'm not always rushed to make music. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't nobody's clamoring for a release from Illuminati G. Like people ask for it, but there's no demand where it's like, bro, if you don't release something, we just do with you as a person. You know what I'm saying? Like people really want a demand for beats. Like they bro, why you ain't did a song with so and so yet? Why you ain't did a song? Like the world gonna universe is gonna work the way it worked. But I'm going to take my time with these albums because that's not what people want from me first. So I actually have the luxury of taking my sweet ass Kendrick Lamar time and making the album every two or three years if I want to. Man, like, Kendrick, Kendrick is doing the old school way of how niggas made albums. He's and amazing, he, brother. He, even you, like that's that's. I'm, you right, know, I'm right in that mode of, of think taking about this, forever. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think this week in culture started February 2018. Kendrick has not put an album out since that podcast has been going on. <laughs> Kendrick's last album was 2017. That's crazy. 2017. It's 2022. Like how, like how niggas put out music now. Like that shit is five <laughs> years, my nigga. It, it's about to be five years. I just knew we was, but it could it could drop shit. Fuck around Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve. Is ain't New Year's wait, Eve on a Friday? You fucking wake up tomorrow. It'd be a new Kendrick album. You wouldn't be disappointed. Low key, look, dog. New Year's Eve is on Friday the, th- the 31st. Like, what if this nigga dropped on New Year's Eve? Ah, fourth quarter. It's amazing, brother. <laughs> I listen to that shit. <laughs> Pop off, whatever. You're going to wake up at top of the morning, top of the morning, right, top of the right, morning. It's right. a new Kendrick album out. Uh, so that was music pick. Uh, whose man's is this? Uh, I don't know if this is like a negative or a positive whose man's is this. But uh, Cuomo. Um, from CNN. <laughs> he got fired from CNN or placed on indefinite suspension. Yeah, the nigga fired. For money reasons. And um you I, I don't know if I'm upset for a nigga helping his brother out, dog. Like what the fuck you supposed to do? I mean What the fuck you supposed to do? You supposed to remove yourself from that situation. Nigga, this is some this is some personal shit. They got this nigga text messages and shit. Like I never said nothing on air. I always was like, but like if like if my brother need help, you need you know, yeah, I'ma ask around. <laughs> what the fuck? Whose man is this? Because That's my fucking brother. Well, I think they was mad because he was using his journalistic uh connections to figure out instead of like just saying straight up, like, yo, I want to know some info. Like he was trying to use his influence. I know he acts like, yo, does uh he acts and journalists like do are any of y'all working on some shit against my brother? He also wants to do catch and kill stories, which he should pay pay to get the story taken away. And then he also wants to figure out who's accusing his who, brother and who, who we don't know about so he can go harass them and just shutting the fuck up. That's just how it works. I don't necessarily know for harass. Like, so when my brother got into something, I wanted to know the information. I went to different places to try to figure out some information. Right, but you, but nobody expected Jason to sprinkle, you know, money and, and stuff in people's pockets to make these problems go away. He's attempting to be a fixer right now. That's well, all. I, I don't think that's nobody's business. That shit could have stayed behind the scenes because this don't got shit to do with me. Well, and that but, shit happens all the time. But I think, but I nigga, think this was, is my brother. This is my blood brother. It's not a nigga. I, I don't know that is. This is my blood brother. I don't know. I'm gonna do what the fuck thing. needs to be done. I, I put like this. For me, he ain't got no stench on him. Well, we for the, that we in the Me Too era. So like anything for, that's going against trying to help the victim, if it look like you're trying to actively undermine the victim, it's my brother. I don't believe you. Don't matter. 
No, I'm, what I'm saying is I don't believe the victim, the know, alleged that, victim. My brother say he ain't do it, he ain't do it. That, but society, well, the way the courts work. Not and if it, until, a, until a motherfucker is convicted, he ain't do it. Well, we in the Me Too era, so you have, number one, as a company, you have to take a stance. You're on this side or you're on that side. The gray area has been removed. Trump removed all gray area for any subject in life for now. You're either on this side or you're on that side. I'm with my brother then. And that, which is cool. I don't blame no nigga for riding for his brother, but it's just like, you know, if your husband going to trial and you be like, yo, I'm going to stick by him, you just got to deal with the consequences. I'm going to stick beside him. (laughs) 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 That's what he said with his brother. Like, that's him. I love him. I'm going to stick beside him. You know, she came out the same mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, then we Italian, my nigga. We about family. My sister is. He Italian. He did that shit. My sister is my sister. And good, bad, or indifferent, like nigga, we got the same mama and daddy. She all the fuck I got. Like, like if nigga, somebody I'm tell you ride. some fucked up shit about a sibling, and I ask them if they did, and they say no, I'm believing my sibling. I mean, I'm because just, I, I think about this shit all the time. I know I didn't said it, but like, I'm just not gonna do it on company time or on company watch or on my company cell phone devices. ain't company time. How uh, to get my also, text messages? And also, well, they got a text message that had to be on company phone. And also, I'm not gonna use my influence. Or connections that I made through CNN, because that's gonna fuck up CNN. You got this. That's, you got this CNN reporter calling me, asking me, "Do I know anything about his brother fondling bitches in the bathroom?" That's like, I don't. the whole. Pro- <laughs> that's that's the whole advantage of working at CNN. If you're richer than him, only the rich, powerful elite get to say, "Hey, that story that you was about to put in Washington Journal, yeah, kill it." I'm pressing that nigga about my sibling. See how the royal family called the UK even, and say, uh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even attempt to do that from for my brother if I ain't already did it already. Nigga, I do that shit all the time. Yeah, that, like, that, that ain't like coming out. The royal family was like, hey, um, that story y'all got on Prince Andrew, yeah. If you if you guys want to have peace in this media world, make that shit go away. And it was like, all right, all right. Yeah, man. So I'm pressing if, a nigga uh, about my sister. That's a fact. I'm pressing a nigga. So like a silk fucking shirt. I'm pressing should. a nigga. But if a motherfucker okay. say like, "Yo, who man is this?" I'm like, "Yo, nigga, that's my that's my brother. <laughs> nigga, it's my man." Nigga. <laughs> so I didn't had jobs where I didn't had access to bank information. I didn't had access to niggas' health information. If I got that as my leverage, and you coming against my sister, hey, my nigga, you keep you keep fucking with her. I'm gonna put out there that you got herpes. No, that's and that, I that's and actually, I know you. Do. That's actually illegal. Uh, I don't get no fuck. I don't get no fuck. Hold on. The, the reason why we care is because this is the reason why he's in trouble because he's going down that path that you two motherfuckers are going down where it's illegal. Herpes, nigga. Herpes. <laughs> ain't no coming back from that. You're you ain't even, getting no pussy no more. You're not even supposed to intimidate the witness or the victim. Well, uh, don't. Young boy, that nigga got like 14 kids. That nigga, they, I don't think it's stopping. It's, it's been not, out there. That nigga had like four or five years ago. That nigga it, keep having babies. And it, shit. It, it, oh, well, Herbie, I mean, he rapped about that shit. I, I don't think the women care. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, they don't get, which okay. is wild to me. I'm, I'm sure like, the women that he fucks doesn't care, but I'm sure there's a certain. I about to say a certain kind of woman that he fucks. So I think that. And I'm sure there's a certain type a of Mayweather. woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, I'm sure, and I'm sure there's a certain type of woman that other niggas like to fuck that might, get, that might that care what? about that information. I feel like I can't partake in this. In this <laughs> so I, like I, I think I'm gonna say something wrong. The richest wanna, kid in the fucking world. I don't wanna say nothing wrong. I feel like a lot is on the stake right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm man. gonna let y'all fuck it up. All right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> funny, I see that you filed for bankruptcy <laughs> three years ago and you're still you're still paying it off. <laughs> in, anywho, man. Uh, let's go ahead, man, get to this shit. No. I was about to be like, what though? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 the benediction music, I, I sampled this for Adam. 
I sampled it too. And yeah, use it in the, one of them songs on Pablo. Okay. I mean, it, it, it gets around. As customary, we have a we have a guest on. We let them go first. Give all their social media. Where can people find out more about Illuminati G and the music? Um, actually, my social media presence is actually minimal. Um, <laughs> my Instagram is Illuminati double underscore G, and Twitter has banned me, so I I do have an account on there. It's, I see you on there in a minute. It's Lie on the Hill, L I E on the Hill. Um. It's desktop only for me right now. <laughs> Welcome um, to the club. I've been there before. <laughs> and uh, that's really the only place you can find me right now. I will give y'all my phone number, but y'all going to keep calling me and asking me how much and not sending me no cash app, so I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you go about it Go about it through the proper business channels. No, don't, don't just- even do that. Don't call me unless you got some money in your pocket. When you call me, ready to spend. That's the proper channel. That's the proper way to reach me. You can send a pigeon. You can send a text. You can email, DM. I don't know if your lie on the hill still work. Uh, <laughs> try die on the hill. Oh, die on the hill. One of the two. But yeah, the, properly contact me is having money in your pocket when you're ready to work. And not telling me next Friday I got you because you should just hit me up next Friday. When I mean, you got me. And for a lot of niggas, next Friday never comes. It may might turn into February. Yeah. But that's okay. It's okay. Hey, it's your man Dane three underscores three one three on IG and on Twitter at me talk to me. I do talk back. Uh, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. It's Shop Talk Podcast. Thank God for Dane, man. That's all I got. Uh, Jay Johnson three one three on everything that matters, but more importantly, uh, shout out to Illuminati G. Um, go ahead and stream, buy, support. Um, what I learned uh, thus far or so far. Uh, anywhere you listen to music at uh, But buy it though You can buy shit on iTunes You ain't gotta just stream uh, You know All that good shit uh, Shout out to y'all man 291 weeks uh, We coming up on um, we, got a, we got a guest next week uh, Asim Supreme will be in the fucking building uh, Always a good time to uh, chop it up with the homie Absolutely um, And then We probably do like a Royal Rumble To, 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 to end out the year uh, but we on a get, but we've been on a guest streak, man. It's like eight guests in a row. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Then you just gonna get me and Dave for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got some guests tapping in for next year, but yeah, it's it's we gonna we gonna uh, go back to the to the duo that make the money. Yeah, because you know sometimes I like kicking it with people. You know what I'm talking, but like we can just hold our own too. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, man, it's all about that. Uh, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. Shop Talk Podcast Studio Book, Book some time. time I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast But We are Jay and Dang Hell yeah Peace. Shit Don't talk to us If you ain't got no money neither <laughs> I'm so sick